The mountains are calling. Let's escape the noise. This is episode 67 of the Just Trek podcast. Welcome to the Just Trek podcast, where elevation is our recreation. This is your host, Justin Just Rock Ramon, coming to you from Los Angeles. On this show, you will hear stories and adventures from inspirational hikers, explorers, weekend warriors, to even creatives in the LA community and beyond. Join the Just Trek crew on our journey to True North. We aim to inspire, motivate, and elevate you to a higher state of well being. You can follow us on Instagram at just.trek. Facebook.com slash Just Trek Official and our website JustTrek.net. Just Trek crew, what it do? This is your host, Just Rock, and on this episode, my special guest goes by the name Jenny Vayas. She's a SoCal-based trekker, peak bagger, outdoor adventurer, dancer, marketer, entrepreneur, former talent manager of MTV's America's Best Dance Crew, owner of Filipino-American restaurant Sampa, and is a team member of the Just Trek crew. We chat about her first hiking memories, her top SoCal mountains, hiking hacks and tips, intense Death Valley storms, exploring an ancient lake, an unforgettable Eastern Sierra summer trip, utilizing the great outdoors as an entrepreneur, traversing from the dance community to the outdoor community, being the owner of a Filipino-American restaurant in LA, how hiking has impacted her overall life, her perspective of being a part of a hiking group, and the one outdoor experience she would relive all over again. Here's our conversation. I hope you enjoy. Are you local to Los Angeles or Southern California? If so, we have two amazing community events coming up. On Sunday morning, February 4th, I'll be the featured hiking guide for the Feels Like Floating Tranquil Trek series. Come trek with us and explore the sacred lands of Sadwiwa slash Rancho Sierra Vista, which is located on the western edge of the majestic Santa Monica Mountains. You can grab tickets on feelslikefloating.com, or you can go to our Instagram page and find the RSVP link in our bio. On Saturday morning, February 17th, just Trek and Outdoor Adventure Plus will be hosting our second annual This is the Way Star Wars Inspired Adventure. Come trek with us as we explore through a rocky paradise landscape reminiscent of Joshua Tree and where iconic battle scenes from The Mandalorian were filmed. The group hike is sponsored by Cotopaxi, an athletic brewing company. The event page will go live on Friday, February 2nd, and you can RZP by going to our Instagram page and finding the link in our bio. Each event has limited capacity, so make sure to sign up before spots are filled up. We hope to see you there, and if you can't make it this time around, don't worry, we are always hosting monthly community group hikes and outdoor gatherings. The Just Trek podcast is recorded on Gabrielino Tongva land. The natives and indigenous people are not a thing of the past. They are present among us right here, right now. So let's keep educating ourselves and take the opportunity sometime to interact and learn from them. It's important to fill ourselves with more knowledge so we can become better outdoor stewards in our journey alongside Mother Nature and in the public lands we explore. Before we jump into the conversation, 
I want to let you know that the Just Trek merch store is officially live right now. If you would like to support my podcast journey and represent Just Trek on your adventures, please make sure to check out justtrek.net slash shop. That is J-U-S-T-T-R-E-K dot N-E-T slash shop. We currently have new merch available for purchase. I appreciate you all so much, and now let's get back to the show. What is going on, everyone? We got one of our own from the Just Trek crew. This individual is a multi-talented fellow Filipina that you've seen all over our social media from dancing on the trails, bagging peaks, and just living her best outdoor life while serving up delicious dishes to the LA community. She is the most beloved member of the crew that has been a close friend of mine for 16 plus years, and she has always greatly inspired me as she is a very talented creative and entrepreneur that always blazes her own path, and now is literally blazing the trails with us all over Southern California and beyond. And without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Jenny Valles. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. How are you feeling? How are you doing? A little nervous, as I mentioned to you before, but I'm feeling really good. Feeling really good. So excited. Girl, no need to be nervous. It's just me. We've known each other since like the mid-2000s. But first off, I just want to say it's so amazing to finally get you on the pod because it's been quite a long time since I've had a member from the Just Trek crew on the show. I'm actually pretty sure the last member I interviewed was Machete Matt, aka Matt Kerr, and that was definitely three years ago. And I'm just excited. That's yeah, that's crazy. crazy, right? When I actually looked back, I was like, oh, it's been a minute. So I think it's I think it's time, you know, to let the listeners, let the Just Trek community you know, get an inside peek and a, just a really unique perspective of how we roll with our group and all the epic outdoor adventures, you know, that we've just been embarking on the past couple of years. And, you know, we've known each other like forever from like our past lives. Forever. <laughs> representing on the dance floors, battling, performing, to even being talent managers of MTV's America's Best Dance Crew, You Poriotics, what? myself, I Am Me Crew along with, I'm sure, other clients, you know, what's, uh, what's so cool about our friendship is there was a lot, uh, there's a lot of parallel career arcs and just so many memorable parties and events. And we also just share a ton of close mutual friends. Yeah, it's so funny, you know, every time I'm on the trails with you or when I started hiking, I was like, man, how long have I known Just Rock? Forever. I think I've known you since I was like 16, 17 years old. Whoa. And I always said, you are my favorite B-boy. Because you actually dance on the dance floor. Oh my board. God, Jenny, <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere. Every time you say that, it literally, it feels so good because, you know, that was like my identity for such a long time. So just to get props on that from someone such as yourself, you know, you're on Cabo Modern, you've been in different crews, like you have a lot of skin in the game, performing, freestyling, like you're such a talented person. So just to hear that from you, like, because there's so many talented b-boys and b-girls in the community so i seriously thank you so much for saying that you're welcome and i will say it over and over and over again because it's true <laughs> yeah for people uh so before my trail name you know i was known as b-boy just rock that's yeah, right but i've adopted that also <laughs> as my trail name in the outdoors as well but uh, it'll forever be my creative alias creative persona uh going from the dance floors to representing on the peaks and you know, it's wild. Like, who would have thought that we'd be here right now having you get as a guest on an outdoor adventure podcast? 
and just like wild how our live our life paths have just unfolded at times. Like, were you pretty shocked when you first started seeing me getting really into hiking and the outdoor community in general? You know, I I don't think it was more so shocked. I think it was more, oh my god, that's so cool. I want to join because. You know, when when you get to a certain threshold in dance or a certain point in dance, you're going to start to think to yourself, what's next? What can I do? You know, you still want to live an active lifestyle. And when my brother started going on hikes with you, I was like, oh, my God, Justin, tell me, tell me when you go. I want to go, too. And I'm so glad uh, I did. So Justin that Jenny just mentioned, which is also my first name, is uh, Jenny's brother. Jet Lee, but now is known as Just Jet. Yes. By the way, I also have three different names for you. Oh, maybe my four. God. What are they? Yeah, I ha- I what I call you Just Rock, obviously, because I know you back in the day from mm-hmm. that. And everyone on the trail, every time I'm yelling Just Rock, everyone, who's who's Just Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just Justin. But then there's Jose, and then Just Trek, and then Trek Daddy. Trek Daddy's <laughs> the best name now. I'm just gonna adopt that as the show <laughs> name. I think it's super fitting. Yeah, it's funny you meant you brought up Jose because a lot of people, especially in the outdoor community, don't know that's actually my first name. It's Jose Justin Ramon. But I always tell people, uh, the joke is my nicknames have nicknames. It's like some people call me Just Trek, Just Rock. Yeah. Another subgroup of friends that call me Pop Rocks, Poppers. Like, <laughs> like Poppers, yes. So you technically have like six nicknames. And I'll respond to all of them, especially when we're like in those like, outings with different people from different friend groups and i'll be like turning my head in each direction and people are like who are they talking to or about and i'm like it's me (laughs) so true so true um i was gonna say too like i just wanted to acknowledge that i'm just so happy that through hiking and outdoor adventures that also our friendship along with your brother justin Valles, you know now known as just jet formerly known as jet lee the anti-influencer turned rapper uh, has come full circle again, you know, because I know there was like definitely a handful of years where like, you know, we all weren't hanging out as much because we were all just doing our own thing and also just life, you know. Um, and I feel like we're all just closer because of all these adventures, because when you bond with people out on the trails, out in Mother Nature and these like uh, challenging kind of treks, I just feel like if you already had a friendship, it's like getting even much more stronger, you know. Totally. I have to agree. And I think that's why I have a very certain level of comfortability with you and everyone else on the crew. Because when you go hiking, it's like you could die on the trails, not to be morbid or anything, but it's true. It it can be dangerous. Mother Nature is not really forgiving. And the person you're on the trail with, you really have to trust them. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's why I love hiking with you guys. Of course, everyone's such a great time, (laughs) but but more so there is that level of trust and 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 confidence in you and everyone else yeah and we try to do our best you know myself or anyone else that may be leading like matt you know to make people feel safe and show them like hey we know what we're doing we do our research you know we send you that super long list of things to things to bring we don't mean to send that out to scare you but it's more to let you know like hey these are the things that you should bring so that you can uh, feel confident about joining us on this trek and to go about it the safe way as possible yeah, and I really, 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 really appreciate those long notes. Yeah, I know some people <laughs> have been traumatized by it where they're like, do I even want to go on this hike anymore? But it's like, you know, it's it's something more for like the longer hikes with much more elevation gain that are much more challenging terrain, you know, steep, right. rugged, scree fields, um, really uh, 
you know, long days, like lots of mileage, you know, like we want people to feel prepared. We don't want people to be miserable. Like, yes, a lot of these treks are going to feel, you know, it's going to feel like a suffer fest, but we want you to, you know, try to enjoy as much of it as possible. Oh, totally. I think when I was doing like a small group hike, I can't remember which one. Oh, I do remember. I was like, I copied and pasted one of your notes. I was like, bring poles, bring this. <laughs> da, 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 da. And the people are like, oh my God, do I need this and that? I don't sure. have this. I don't have that. I'm like, it's okay. Just want you to be more prepared than not. And hiking poles. Which I learned from you. Oh yeah. And hiking <laughs> poles, like such a big hiking pole advocate. Like it's such a game changer, wouldn't you say? Uh, Yeah, hundred percent. At first I was like, I don't need poles. I'm strong. I don't need it. But once you get the poles, never going back. Yeah. Especially if That's you don't it. use the hiking poles going up to the summit or to whatever destination you're trekking towards, they help tremendously on the way down, especially if you have bad knees. That's me. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a lot of wear and tear on the body, you know. Uh, we want to have longevity in the hiking game so we can keep doing this until the wheels fall off, until we're Lolos and Lolas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lolas and Lolos in uh, Tagalog. We're, we're both Filipino. means grandfather and grandmother. <laughs> No, we need to remember we're not on a Filipino podcast per se, right? Totally. <laughs> I forget. I yeah. forget. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Check it out, Jenny. So before we get into all your outdoor adventures and your latest entrepreneurial venture, I want to learn more about you and your outdoor journey and dig deeper into that. So I want you to take us back. What was your first hiking memory? You know, I actually don't remember my first hiking memory. Okay. I do remember, I actually grew up in Jersey in the East Coast. Um, I remember being in the outdoors a lot. I had a huge affinity for being outside. It was, it was like the movies, right? Where you come home after school, you're literally out right after at 2 p.m. And you don't come home until the sun goes down. Snow days, the whole thing. I, I was always outside climbing trees, riding bikes. Um, and in Jersey, there's creeks in the back of everyone, everyone's houses. So we're always going down in the creeks, always exploring. So I feel like I've always loved the outdoors. Oh, that's fascinating. So you basically grew up in it because of your immediate environment. Because I'm actually from the East Coast, too. Yeah. And now that I reflect on, like, you know, my beginning outdoor journey or hiking journey, it really began when I was a kid. But we we grew up in it. So I feel like we didn't necessarily think of it as this very intentional, deliberate thought of like, oh, I'm seeking out nature and I need to be out there. and so that I can heal or, you know, just uh, check out new sites and new explorations. I 100% agree with that just because, you know, as a kid, it was just a part of my life, right? And when I moved back to L.A., I did notice um, I moved back to L.A. back in my teens. But I, I remember being like, kids don't go biking. They don't really climb trees yes. out here. It's, it's totally different. I had a totally different upbringing than a lot of my peers. Oh, that's fascinating. See, I didn't even know that about you and your outdoor journey. Like, it really started in the East Coast. Um, and, you know, in the East Coast, especially in, you know, where you're from, New Jersey, the New York area, we get all four seasons. So the nature comes to you at yes. your front step in your backyards, you know, the grass being covered in snow, yes. the rooftops, the top of the cars covered in snow, like... The weather comes to you. You don't got to necessarily seek it out like on these taller peaks here in Southern California. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, obviously I've been in L.A. for so long. And when I'm like, oh, I want to see snow, I got to drive out. But back then they, it just came. It just came. It was just a part of life. But when you moved to L.A., right, 
were you continuing like the nature and hiking exploration or did you like did that take like a a fallback would you say when you moved to Los Angeles you know I would definitely say it took a fallback because my parents weren't really big into outdoors they weren't campers they weren't taking me hiking you know all the things I did outdoors I just did on my own with my brother at our neighborhood friends that's what we did um and obviously when you get into middle school and high school all you want to do is hang out with friends when when you're not um when you're not doing homework or when you're done with homework um, but on the flip side, I was very active. I was a big runner. So I feel like that was my connection to staying active and being in nature was was running. Oh, right. So you would actually run on the trails or would you run more around the neighborhood in the city? Definitely around the neighborhood. When you're like in your teens, <laughs> definitely around the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I true. did some, like maybe some trail running when I was in high school through cross country. Um, but that's pretty much it. And when you moved to L.A., like what part um, of L.A.? Because, you know, L.A. is so massive. It's like a tale of many cities. Like what part of L.A. were you at? Eagle Rock. Shout out to Eagle Rock. <laughs> 90041. And we're not talking about Eagle Rock in the Santa Monica Mountains in Topanga Canyon. We're talking about Eagle Rock next to what? Glendale, Pasadena area, right? Yes. Yep. Northeast L.A., right next to Glendale, Pasadena, right above Glissel Park, Highland Park. Eagle Rock all day. So you <laughs> literally grew up next to the San uh, the San Gabriel Mountains. Yes, I did. And I it's crazy because, and I, I think I might have told you this before, but um, when we were in high school, obviously high school kids are trying to figure out where to drink and like do Absolutely. things where they don't want to get caught by their parents. We would actually go into the mountains and like these little crevices and little trails that I, I don't even remember mm-hmm. now as an adult. And we would just crack open some beers uh, after school. I know. Oh, my gosh. Mom, please don't listen to this podcast. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. But that's what we did. That's what a lot of the kids at school did. It's interesting, right? When you're in middle school or high school, like you would go out possibly into these local trails and mountains. But it was to do like alcohol or whatever you were into yeah. because we were just like figuring out life, wanting to be a rebel or something and or just joining our friends and just doing random stuff because, you know, we couldn't go to bars or clubs back then. Exactly. Oh, and a funny story. So um, what is that trail? Echo Mountain. Yes. Right? My first time on the trail was about three years ago, but first time. But I, it didn't click in my head that I used to go up there in high school because we knew the area was haunted and kids would just go up there when the gates were locked just to get scared. Wow. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Yeah, because I'm sure you joining us all over, like, especially the trails near Eagle Rock and the San Gabriel Mountains. You're like, wait a second. I have been here before, but it was in your teenage years, it sounds like. And now you're like connecting the dots and you're like, oh, wow, like I have been here or like you faintly remember it. And then you attach that to like a very core memory, like, like what you just mentioned. Yeah, totally. I even remember when I was a kid. Um, I mean, you know how we how we do night hikes and we have our headlamps and we're going down the mountains. Back then, when I was in my teenage years and we'd see the lights going down the mountain, like an echo mountain, we're like, oh, my gosh, it's the cult people. They're coming to kill us. <laughs> but no, it was probably just a hiker coming down from sunset. And now we're the cult hikers, the Just Trek crew yeah, exactly. cult hikers flying down the trails exactly. with the headlamps. Yeah, it's such a fascinating yeah. sight seeing um, hikers go down the mountain at night because they just like look. look look like little ants, little aliens, and oh my god, that's hilarious that you just, oh, there's the cult people. 
doing their rituals up yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that uh, Echo Mountain is so spectacular for sunsets. And I've been also there for sunrises, but definitely sunsets, I feel like, are especially just so magical there. And But Echo Mountain, I would say, is even more magical as a night hike because when the sun sets, you see the city lights turn on. And it's just such a spectacular oh, yeah. contrast, you know, to see the city night lights illuminate next to the mountain. You're like, oh, wow, like this is this is a different kind of experience. Wow, you said that so well. <laughs> just a rock because it's true it, it's it's it was really beautifully said that's exactly what yeah. it <laughs> and i'm curious jenny like was there a specific moment or a series of moments where you just knew hiking and spending time in nature would become a major part of your lifestyle moving forward after you moved to the east coast uh, to los angeles you know i as i got older of course the things that people do in la to hike you go to run in you go to Griffith Park, nothing wrong with those places at all, especially Griffith Park. I love Griffith Park. Um, but I I would go on maybe a hike. I was, as I used to call them big hikes, maybe once or twice a year, and that would be it for me. But I've always known that I wanted to do more. I just didn't know where to go, who to go with, where to look, no idea. Um, it actually started in COVID. Right when everything was shut down, there was nothing to do. And my brother was like, hey, you want to go hiking with me? And I said, yeah, who are you going with? I'm going just rock with Matt. And I think by the time before that, I couldn't go hiking with you guys because I had a wrist injury, I remember, and I was healing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Where are we going? He said, we're going to go to Sandstone Peak. And it was that week <laughs> leading up. Do you remember that week leading up into uh, 2020? 2021 I want to say or whatever that that year of COVID and we were at Sandstone Peak literally three times that week and we spent New Year's Eve there oh that's right I remember so you your first time at Sandstone Peak was for New Year's Eve it was it was that part but we went up literally two or three times before that that's <laughs> wild so you went to Sandstone Peak three times you couldn't get enough of it huh yeah, I think, and I think Matt was there for every single one. I was there for like one and of them, And I think them, you right? were there for one of them. I know, I think you were there for two. <laughs> you know what? I think I think it was Matt, right, that first brought you and Jet, and then I tagged along the following time. Oh, yes. Yes, because I remember Matt, we didn't know where we were going, and we went down first. Like, we went the complete opposite way, and we were walking in about half a mile in. He's like, this doesn't seem right. I think it's that. Mm. Because... Sanso Peak is the highest peak in the Santa Monica yes, exactly. Range. He was like, we should be going up. So that's when we turned around. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what oh, it was. So You know, I actually, now it's coming back to my memory. When I started getting into the hiking thing, you know, I knew at one point I wanted to basically recruit all my friends, especially like my friends from the dance community to join on these adventures, you know, because these kind of things are hey. like, as much as I love solo hiking, it's even more special to even bring others along, your friends especially, that you've been close to for a while, and show them these wondrous places so that they can reap the benefits that Mother Nature gives, you know? And I think I remember, like, I was hitting you and Jet up, like, every so often, like, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Uh, are you free? Can you come out to this trek? And the schedules would never line up, but eventually, you know, you hiked, uh, you, were, you happened to be free when Matt asked, and then I was like, wait a second. Oh, they're hiking with Matt. They're going to Sandstone Peak. Like that's like where my journey really first began in my mind. 
And I think that's why I was like, okay, I want to go back up there with them. And I think that's what you were talking about. I think I did come on the second and the third time in that same week that you went there. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. That is awesome. I'm trying to remember what else happened. Yeah, it had to. you had to have come up with us at least twice, and we were there three times. The first time you went when Matt brought you, it was for Sunset, I assume? Yes, 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 yes. Talk to me about when you reached the summit of Sandstone Peak for your very first time. Like, do you, Can you remember like what went through your mind or how your body felt or just what expressed like what you were seeing up there? Yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, was because we were in COVID, right? And we were just shut down from the rest of the world. So to have this accessibility to nature, especially during that time, and just seeing the sunset, and you get 360 views mm -hmm. of the ocean, the mountain range, the city, I was like, wow, I never knew. I never knew LA could look and feel like this. It's a mind-blowing uh, sight up there because... Like what you just said, it feels like you're nowhere near Los Angeles. Like you're transported to like the land before time. You see these massive rock formations. You see the Pacific Ocean, but you see like a whole wide expansive view of the Pacific Oceans. And you can actually see, I didn't realize it was this at the time, but you can see Channel, uh, Channel Islands National Park, you know, where the sun typically yes. sets over or around it. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, we're spoiled, you know, that our first time at Sandstone we are. was for sunset. Mine was accidental, which blew my mind away. Everyone that, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know we obsess about Sandstone Peak so much, and we have our own hashtag. What is it? Sandstone forever. Forever. Forever and always. And it's somewhere that we always make sunset pilgrimages to, and it's a place for us to heal, a place for us to be with each other in community. And also just have an incredible time out in nature and just, uh, you know, escape the the everyday noise of life. And to your point, I think you said this earlier about reaping the benefits of nature. And that's why you bring people mm -hmm. up. Every time I go out in nature and, you know, obviously Sandstone Peak, it's amazing. I see I come back home and I feel like I've taken a two week vacation. <laughs> and that's that's the beautiful thing about nature. That's a beautiful thing about hiking hiking in our backyard that we have that ability and we have that accessibility to do that it felt like a grand reset for you because you said it felt like a two-week vacation right oh yeah totally and that's how it feels like every time i go hiking especially with you guys <laughs> especially well, with the crew we're just a bunch of hooligans everybody <laughs> if you've <laughs> yeah. ever joined us we're uh we're a good time we're a good vibe we're the good vibe tribe uh, but we'll make you feel welcome so yeah Ask. Absolutely. Something I want to bring up because you mentioned the whole like you felt like you went on, went on a two week vacation. And I think you'll appreciate this reference or analogy. I feel like when you do like a hike such as Sandstone Peak or something where you're out there for like an extensive or several hours. Right. It feels like a grand reset. And I think that's really important because I this may sound like a funny analogy, but like, you know, a lot of us have computers or laptops. Right. And over many days, what happens? We have many, multiple browsers open. We're like editing oh a my. video. We're uploading photos. We're doing a Zoom call. We have like a million browsers open. And what happens to the system when you have so many things that are going on at the same time? It crashes, right? Crashes. It moves yeah. slowly. Heck it moves yeah. inefficiently. You see the, the icon of death. 
And I really feel like that's what these hikes provide for a lot of us. It's a grand reset. It's like we go out into nature because we're either escaping the noise of everyday life or we're going through something. It could be related to whatever, you know, maybe a family member is going through something. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe you're just feeling lonely. But like when you're out in nature, it feels like your soul is being cleansed and you can go back into your everyday life like with this renewed energy. Yeah, and I have to agree with you 100% with that because, I mean, the hiking from you guys, from Just Trek Crew, came at a great time. It was COVID, um, and, you know, the whole world was up in the air. But as I started my own business and started my own entrepreneurial journey, being out in nature grounds me. It heals me. It gives me answers that I can't find being on my computer screen or yes. being on my phone. And that's why, that's why it's so important to me. It provides so much clarity for a lot of us. 100%. Because I feel like it's a really 100%. rare opportunity to have um, deep reflection to ourselves and listen to our own thoughts. And more importantly, just have your phone not have any cell service, you know? It's, yes, it's, it's I love so it. It's so crucial because <laughs> everywhere you go, like we're, we're stuck to our phones. We hear the notifications. We're looking at our social media, all the likes, the reshares. It's all dopamine that hits us constantly that we're always, we don't even realize that our bodies are like reacting towards it. Almost like, like sometimes it can be obviously to like an unhealthy degree, but like we're trying to build businesses or platforms through social media. But um, yeah. <laughs> right. And we have to be a part, like on these platforms for work. It's just a part of our lives. You know, it's, it's not like, yeah, we're there for fun. But like for you and me, we really have to be on their platform. Helps to grow, um. So that's why I love hiking too and being out in nature because it's like six, eight hours that we just can't be on our phones. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's important because it like rewires our brain too. Because like we're always on the phone, we're always texting people, yep. social media. Like mm -hmm. that's why I appreciate the trails that don't have any cell service at all because it forces you to be present. I love it. Yep, and that you got to talk to other people that are in your group and not just be in your phone. You know, like you actually have to show up and like, you know, learn about people or strengthen that bond that you're uh, with whoever you're, you're trekking with. And I have to agree with you on that because, you know, we've been friends for so long, but I got to know you, know you on the trails oh, because wow. what we're, we're, we're together with each other for what, like eight hours at a time, 10 hours. And it's not like it's easy stuff. We're like climbing up mountains, rock scrambling, and it's you and it's Matt and it's everyone else on the crew that that I just got to know on a deeper level because it's a whole different experience. You know what? You bring up such a great point because thinking back to a lot of our hangouts, it was always in social settings, you know, really mm -hmm. cool parties or events or we're like supporting each other's endeavors. But typically it's in such a big group setting where it's hard to have really in-depth conversations with each other and really retain what the other person's listening because, you know, especially, you know, you have a background and uh, marketing as an event producer. By the way, you throw amazing. You've been throwing amazing parties for a very long time. Um, and when you Thank and when you. you're a host and you're organizing something, you can only give so much attention to people at the event. You know, you always have to be bouncing around and monitoring and observing. Totally, I totally agree. And just being out there, being one on one, or you know, being in a small group, big group, you have these these moments of just connecting with someone that you can't do. Right. When you're doing exactly your job or parties or et cetera. And what I love about being a, 
outdoors and hiking, I feel like when we're out there, we're more stripped of our identity. Yes. You know, because if you're in a social setting, you're like observing the room. You're like, okay, this person is that person. That's person has certain (laughs) clout. You know, you're trying to navigate. You're trying to network. And I feel like people really bond out on the trails because we can just simply connect with each other more as like everyday people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I'm out on the trail, I don't got makeup going. I don't got my my eyelashes on. I'm just rolling up to the hike, and here you go. Here I am. (laughs) All natural, as it should be, right? That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, you know, we live in L.A. You go to run, you can, you're some of these other trails. You you see the, you know, you see people dolled up. It's like, damn, you're trying to find hike hubby or hike wifey on the trail. (laughs) That isn't true. That is the truth. But when I'm on a hike, I'm all sweaty. I got, like, Sweat in my eyes. No, no, no. I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> to go back to, uh, you know, that moment or series of moments when you were beginning to realize, you know, that this trekking thing or just spending ext- extensive time in nature was going to you know, be more a part of you. It's so special that we share that in Sandstone Peak, you know, and you did it for Sunset. I know. Because I always I have a I have my own solo episode about Sandstone Peak on this very podcast. And. Which, by the way, I'm going to shout that out. It's amazing. So if anyone hasn't listened to that yet, please do. Great episode. Thank you so much. Those solo episodes are not that easy to do for myself. It's, I always feel like it's, you know, obviously we're having this conversation. We can banter off of each other. But like when you do a solo episode, it's like I feel like I'm always in my own head way too much. And we're always like perfectionists. So uh, for you to yep. say that, thank you. Because that episode is like uh, that's a tribute, obviously, to that special mountain that uh, made us fall in love with this hiking thing. Yes, and you're welcome because it is great. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> there's great. a handful. This may be like three or four solo episodes. Uh, I'm blanking out on what number that Sandstone Peak um, episode is, but I remember that the title was like Life-Changing Sunset at Sandstone Peak or something like that. So, Jenny, you've obviously done a ton of trekking and exploring in Southern California and also beyond. But I'd love to know, what would you say are your top three mountains slash hikes in SoCal at this very moment, and why? Ooh, okay. Um, I am a sucker for waterfalls because it has rained recently. I love Switzer Falls. I think that it is one of the most beautiful hikes um, that's short, it's sweet, and then the reward at the end is amazing. Yes. Yes. The second, oh, let's see, my second favorite hike right now at this moment, just because we did it recently, it was Mount, oh my gosh, remind me of the Mount. Uh, was it the final climb of 2023 Baden. or something else? Oh, not that one. Not Strawberry Peak. Uh, Baden-Powell. Oh, wow. Okay. Right yeah. on. I love the area, Wrightwood. I love how, I, the switchbacks are kind of hard. But- 40 switchbacks, everybody. <laughs> 40, just don't count them. Yeah, it was crazy. But the views, 10 out of 10. The, the peak, amazing. The fact that we were up there and just taking naps, it was just so beautiful. I loved, I loved that peak so much. That's so awesome you brought up Baden-Powell because I feel like when I ask a lot of the guests their favorite treks, especially in SoCal, you know, they mentioned Mountain Body. Um, of course. You know, maybe Sandstone Peak. That's more like us. But like Mount, oh, yeah, yeah. they usually say like Mount Baldy, Cucamonga Peak, maybe Ontario Peak, and they deserve so much love because they're just so breathtaking. But I love that you highlighted a particular peak in SoCal that not many people have mentioned on this platform. Mount Baden Powell is like 
is just as high as Mount Baldy. It's not as tall as it, but the drive, everything you said about it, like everything's beautiful. The long drive there so beautiful. is beautiful. Yes, it may be like an hour and a half to two hours to get there, but you go around like the backside of the mountain and you go through Wrightwood, which by the way, Wrightwood is its own like mountain village oasis, right? Yeah, it's incredible. It's such an incredible town and I cannot believe it's in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, that's where a lot of people uh, go for like, uh, if we get snow, they just go up to Wrightwood for the weekend and they just experience a winter wonderland up there. Yeah, totally. Like I, I've actually been checking on my phone every time we have rain if it snows up there because I definitely want to drive up there. Um, just because, yeah, it's such a beautiful scenic little route, a little place going up to um, Baden-Powell. Oh my God, Jenny, we experienced Baden-Powell and you for your first time, like, what happened at the summit? There was so much, like, Mother Nature basically blessed us with what? Wait, I don't know the answer. Wait, let me, let, clouds? Yes, I'll keep going. <laughs> I'm jogging your memory, remember? Like, oh my gosh, we, we, clouds. Y'all went to sleep and then Mac curated, like, yes. a nice meditative playlist. Oh, yes. I'm bringing you back. Yes. Yes, it was, it was just so wonderful. I think that's another reason why I just love that peak so much. Because there is a place to nap peacefully. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, I remember we were just lying down, you know, sleeping with our packs on our heads. Yes. Right. And we were just and Matt was playing the music, I remember. And it was just so serene up there. The clouds were passing us by. It was it was it was a treat. <laughs> yes, I bring that up because that was such a beautiful, like magical moment. Just the way the clouds went, the clouds went through us, and then they opened up. And I was taking video yes. of you, Matt, and Nikki uh, from the log that I was sitting on, and I think all of you literally fell asleep. I think you especially. Yeah, <laughs> I knocked out. I knocked out. And I felt like it was. I beautiful. remember I wrote a caption about. Well, I did post the video. I think you remember it. I just felt like Mother Nature when the clouds came through us. It like cradled us and just was like take a nap like reset like i want you to feel renewed yes that is and that is exactly it for sure um because i still remember that hike to this day and it was just such an awesome magical experience it's a uh since it's a taller peak on the back side of the san gabriels it's like a much different uh vantage point in view because you know you've done a lot of the socal six pack of peak mountains which mount baden powell is part of that and uh, yes. I think we were the only people on the trail that day, too. So we really got to soak in that environment. I think we saw maybe like one or two other people, if anything. Yes. Yeah. And that that's what was so great about it, too. There was literally no one on the trail. I think by the time we were coming down, we probably saw a few people come up. But yeah, and I think we got there fairly early. We had like a 6 or 7 a.m. start time. Can't remember. But it was so worth it. It was incredible. Do you remember that? ancient bristle cone tree that was on the ridge yes yes i remember seeing that because that's one of the highlights um of that trail Correct. and you just touch it it just feels so old and you you have to say something to it i just said thank you thank you for letting us pass because that guy owns mountain for sure <laughs> oh wow that's beautiful yeah because that's specific yeah. i think we're referring to the same ancient bristle cone on the ridge before we reach yep. the summit Think about yes. it. For decades, that tree has been there, and probably not even decades. Probably like who know who knows how long. But think of the winds that have been carving and going past that tree for mm -hmm. like for however long. 
it's just so magical like that you noticed that and that you were like <laughs> wow like i can feel how ancient and old you are and and wise yeah the energy it's definitely a shared energy for sure uh thank you for bringing that up yeah that's definitely one of the highlights of, of uh, mount baden powell that ancient bristlecone tree obviously mm -hmm. the summit views but i do remember at one point it was very overcast and we're like you know it's time to go back down it's getting kind of cold up here yeah i remember that too all right jenny so what is a third for you oh gosh Okay, I could say sandstone, but I'm not going to say it because we've already gushed about it. It's already so a I'm given. Say something else. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. That's a given. So I said Switzer. I said Baden Powell. I'm going to say, you know what? I do have to say Baldy. I really do. Because I think one of my favorite hiking memories is on Baldy when a bunch of us went out there in the snow. Oh, yes, that's right. And it was just so magical. And to think that you can get that high is just beyond my wildest dreams in Southern California. Like you, you get to the top and you look out and you are literally on top and you can see everything below you. It's incredible. It's an incredible mountain. Jenny, was that your first time doing Mount Baldy? That was my first time doing Mount Baldy. Oh my God. You're so spoiled. You're so... <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely got spoiled because the next time I went to Baldy, Matt took us up, what was it, Ridge to uh, Ridge? Register Ridge. <laughs> Register Ridge, thank you. Register Ridge. And I died. <laughs> oh, my God. Register Ridge, if people aren't familiar, is the steepest route up to Mount Baldy. It, uh, it intersects the Devil's Backbone, and then you can hit Mount Harwood and then continue on to do uh, Mount Baldy Summit. And that's so funny, Matt brought yes. you on Register Ridge. It's, it's definitely like the, the ultimate Sufferfest route. It was it was definitely a supper fest route. But again, that's why I love Baldy because you go up there and it's every time it's a different experience. And I've yet to do it my third time, so we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> For you to do Mount Baldy in the snow is such a unique thing to do in Southern California. And the group that we had that day, it was a bunch of close friends. Like I'm gonna blank out on everyone there, but you know, we did like when I reflect back on a lot of the like hosted group hikes that I've done with you all, that is definitely one of the ones that I'm like very proud of because a lot of logistics yeah. are involved. We all needed micro spikes. You know, I wanted to make sure that you all felt safe because Mount Baldy is so notorious in the wintertime for so many search and rescues and deaths. So although we had a blast, I was like like hella anxious too. So I was like, okay, we do do your best to make sure that we go about this as safely as possible. Like I was very obviously confident because I've done the mountain so many times, but you know, sometimes mother nature has different plans, but we all made it up there safely. Mm -hmm. We had the best of times. We did it with so many close friends. Like who was there? It was like Sammy, Abby, Mark, Michael, yep. your brother, just jet Matt, obviously. Um, Meech was up there. Who else was there? I don't, I don't want Two. them to hate me for me. Meech, out. Yeah. Who else is up there? Meech? Oh, Meech was yeah, up there. Yeah, one of your best friends, Meech. Yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Who else was with us? I can't even I remember. I feel like there's but one it was, or two other was... people they're going to be like, I oh, know. On, I don't remember, but you are remembered. <laughs> <laughs> For you to do Baldy as a snow hike, like, like, how difficult was it for you? Or where you felt like it wasn't as bad as you thought with the micro spikes on? It's... It was challenging, not going to lie, um, but I do consider myself fairly strong, but 
even getting up to that top, it's it's that last half mile or quarter mile where I thought to myself, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> and then you get to that point 25, that point 10, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm almost yes. there. And you get to the top and I was just like, wow, like I can't believe I did that. I, I didn't even know I was capable of that. You did that. I remember capturing a video of you and you just had like pure bliss in your face. You're like, oh my God, I'm up here. I'm on top of the tallest mountain in LA County. Like I did that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and going back to that, that's why hiking is so amazing because, you know, people get older, people stop trying to do new things. But when you find that, that thing that you can sink your teeth into and you still can get better, still mm. can grow, still unlock new levels, it just makes it so much better. Oh, we're going to keep trekking to the wheels fall off, Jenny. And I think what's so special about when we're on the trails, we also see a lot of older people. Oh, yeah. So we we see ourselves <laughs> in the them and we're like, wait a second. I can keep doing this until my older, until my later years, until I'm 60 something, 70 something. And I think that's what I look forward to so much of it. Like, hopefully we're all doing this all together still for the next couple of decades. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it, like like we said earlier, Lolas and Lolas. <laughs> till the wheels fall off. Yeah. I think Mount Baldy right now is uh, certain parts are covered in snow, but I always say on this podcast, Mount Baldy is our local Mount Everest, specifically in the winter time. It is a SoCal hiker rite of passage. It is always uh, a number one trek for people in SoCal because there's so many ways to experience the iconic summit, so many different routes, so many ways to customize it. Um, you got Register Ridge, which you did. We went up via the Ski Hut Trail in the snow. You can either ascend via the Devil's Backbone. There's also Bear Canyon, known as the Old Mount Baldy Trail, known as the Baldy Death March because it's like 6,000 feet of elevation getting to reach the summit. You can enter through the North Backbone Trail through the Wrightwood side. I think you go through like Dawson's Peak and whatnot. And there's like some other ones too, like from the other side, like where Cucamonga and Ontario is. But yeah, there's just so many ways to reach the summit there. I think that's why everyone always returns there uh, all the time and does multiple sum multiple Baldy summits in a year. Yeah, totally. And shout out to your knowledge, Just Rock. And just hearing you still that, obviously, and, and I'm saying this because I've known you for years and we come from a, from the dance community, just you building on that knowledge and you going out there yourself and conquering new peaks and going up Baldy so many different ways. It, it's really cool to see and witness as a friend. It's as an old friend. It's like, who am I? <laughs> like, I'm sure like when I just uh, told you all that knowledge, you're like, whoa, that's trippy because who would have thought I would have become like this avid trekker and then an outdoor podcaster. But I think, you know, you and me, we were so into like the dance community. Like we were so immersed in it. Like we knew everything. We knew, we knew all the different dancers names from the different dance crews to all the people and key players in the scene. So I think we just like transfer that energy to like new endeavors that we get into or new hobbies or passion projects. Cause that's definitely what I did. Oh, totally. Totally. We were very, um, we were very immersed. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, <laughs> so not to speak. toot our own horns, but we definitely were, we reached some pretty incredible heights in the dance community scene, whether it's um, performing, battling, and also just like even career wise, you know, you and I were talent managers for America's oh best my God. dance crews. And we were young <laughs> oh my and we God. were young talent managers. Babies. We were 
babies, literal babies. And I look back at like 20 year olds and I'm like, was that me? I can't believe we were like managing a crew and negotiating and with brands. Cause you know, dance is so big back then. It's not like big brands. <laughs> and we were what, in our early twenties? Yeah, I was gonna say like how crazy you were like what, 25 or 24 or something like that? Oh my gosh, I was younger. I was like 20, I had to have been about 23. Oh my, oh, you know what, you're right. Cause I was a 20, I was 25 or 26 when I was managing the crew. Oh my gosh, crazy. And you know, looking on, sorry to, sorry to uh, divert, but let's. even looking back on that, no, let's do it. Let's say, even looking back at that, it just shows of how capable we are in our adult life, uh, yes. right? I, I think even for you, what I've seen, obviously from the dance community as an amazing b-boy, um, as someone who has hosted many jams and brought the community together, then acting as a talent manager for a crew and bringing them to another level. And you're literally doing that for the hiking community. And I see it again, and, and it's just really cool to see. It's so trippy, Jenny. I didn't foresee any of that <laughs> just to see the how the journey unfolds. It's a literal trip and just so special to share this with all of you because we came, we basically traversed from one community to another community, you know? Yeah, and also, I'm going to shout you out again. Um, B-Boy Just Rock used to throw the biggest jams in oh SoCal where all the dancers used to come out. <laughs> and it was a good time. Claws out. The and claws out is, era. Claws out. Oh the claws out era. Claws out era. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because all that experience in the dance community, organizing, producing events, doing talent management, and also just being a dancer slash artist myself, like I've applied a lot of my knowledge and experience from there to this whole new, you know, outdoor endeavor, whether it's the podcast or hosting group adventures or outdoor gatherings, group hikes. It, it translated really well. And I love bringing people together and just sharing, you know, something that I have discovered that brings me a lot of happiness and healing and joy. And to see a lot of you, you, your brother, other members of the crew, like, experiences all of us together it's it's literally been like the greatest times of my life the past several years you know same i i am so grateful i'm forever grateful for you i am forever grateful for matt for leading um yeah I, it's just literally so many new memories with friends and people and places and things that i never thought that i would ever experience and here we are. And I'm bringing my husband along with me. Yes, Vagabond Pete. <laughs> and he loves it. Vagabond Pete is his own entity. He is such a joy to have on the trails. I feel like he should have his own podcast. He loves talking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day he'll be on. <laughs> All right. To, to bring it back out of uh, our dance conversation, but uh, oh my I just goodness. want to recap real quick. So you said your top three treks slash mountains in SoCal are Switzer Falls, which is in the Angeles National Forest slash San Gabriel Mountains. To your point, great trek, whether for groups or a small group or solo. Wonderful waterfall at the end. And if there's a recent rainfall, you know, you'll do, you'll traverse a bunch of stream crossings. Oh, yeah. yeah I know you experienced yeah, you it will. at a high <laughs> water level one time, right? Oh, yeah. Did not expect it, but it was worth it. It was fine. Very beautiful forest, too, like right from the very get-go with picnic tables. Um one quick disclaimer that me and Jenny must mention, oh. though, is that uh, that parking lot, 
is uh, make sure you do not leave your valuables there. It's kind of notorious for yes. a lot of car break-ins, but so are a lot of trailheads along the Angeles Crest Highway, unfortunately. I know. I don't want to scare anyone, but I've gotten my car broken into twice. Luckily, I take all my valuables with me. I don't leave anything in the car. Um, but it happened twice, and I had to get my door fixed, and it was like $500 each oh time, God. which is a bummer. Such a bummer. Yeah, so we don't mention that to scare you all, but it's something that we must bring awareness to because that's the worst feeling when you do this hike. You feel super rejuvenated. You go back to your car and you're like, oh, my God, like I'm missing stuff or something got broken into. It's the worst feeling in the yep. world. Worst feeling. Worst feeling. Yeah, so violating. You know, it's interesting. Um, A previous podcast guest of mine, his name is Rockhound Hiker, a.k.a. Justin Williams. He brought it to my attention. He was just like, it's such a bad problem at times in the Angeles Crest along the Angeles Crest Freeway, you know, San Gabriel Mountains, Angeles National Forest. He said that maybe if, like, you're hosting a big group hike, we, like, all pitch in and pay, like, a quote-unquote parking lot attendant or, like, somebody just hang out at the trailhead and just make sure all the cars are all good. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. I think that is worth it for sure. Yeah, because... Um... It's just sad because that part of the mountains, you know, Angeles National Forest is very underfunded and the whole management of it is, it's sad. You know, they can't have park rangers at all these trailheads or addressing the needs of a lot of things that are happening, whether it's break-ins or graffiti or vandalism. Like, I think that's the, that's the sad reality with a lot of these, you know, sometimes over-accessed places, you know, the, the infrastructure... Totally is not there to support, you know, so many people, you know, driving up the mountain. And that's a whole other topic in conversation, yeah. <laughs> for sure. A whole other topic in conversation. But yes, it is unfortunate. Um, but yes, we will get into that. <laughs> yeah, so Switzer Falls. And then you mentioned, uh, what was your second one again? Uh, Baden-Powell. Baden-Powell, which is in the Wrightwood area on the backside of the San Gabriels, part of the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks Challenge. It's further from L.A., but highly recommend it, as we just mentioned. And then your last one was um, Baldy, Mount Baldy. And I already dropped yeah. a bunch of knowledge on that. So that's a great uh, top three. And then obviously Sandstone Peak will always be at the very top. Yes, yes. Always at the Sandstone top. Sandstone forever. But that's a given. Forever <laughs> and Sandstone always. forever. Yeah. And, you know, you've obviously gained a ton of experience and knowledge being out on the trails, whether you're hiking solo, you know, with us or other groups. Like, could you share with our fellow trekkers like some of the hiking tips or hacks that have helped you out personally on your journey? Oh, yeah. I think the first thing that we already talked about is do not leave any valuables in your car because you never know. You're gone for eight hours. You got to take everything with you. Do not leave cash. Do not leave your wallet. Do not leave anything. Clear your car out before you go hiking. <laughs> yeah, bring, yeah, bring your wallet. Don't leave your identification in there. Like try to be as thorough as possible. Yes. Um, the second one um, that I would say that has been a big tip for me is the all trails, offline maps. Oh my goodness, what a game changer. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> what's great is that you're not guessing where you're going to make a right, where, where you're going to get a left, or where you're going to make a left. You, you just have it on your maps. Because I can't tell you, oh, that one time I went up the Sandstone Peak by myself. And I went the wrong route for about half a mile. I went through a dry creek bed instead of 
going on the trail. And I was like, what? Where am I? You got disoriented <laughs> rather quickly. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think this is right. But as you guys said, trust your instincts. So I turned around and I was like, oh, I'm definitely not heading the right way. Yeah, the off the all trails offline map layer is such a game changer, even if it's a beginner trail, because there's a lot of turns sometimes. And if you're not familiar or you don't have too much hiking experience, it's so easy to make a wrong turn and then end up on the other side of the mountain or just have your trek be much longer than you anticipated. And now you're rushing back to the city because you're late for something. But um, I think tools such as all trails and other apps and those offline map layers are so important because it just allows you to explore more confidently, especially if you're hosting something or if you're by yourself. You know, you just want to feel as comfortable and confident out on the trails as possible because that will affect your overall, you know, mood going into everything. Yeah, totally. I agree. Just Trek 30, y'all. Get 30% off your all trails plus membership. Let's go. Well, one more thing <laughs> with all trails thing. Um, it's a one-time fee. It's not a monthly fee. So you're paying anywhere between like 20 to $30 for the entire year. So it's so worth the money. Just look at it as like you purchasing two cocktails at the bar. Yeah, that's honestly, that's a great way to put it. You save time. And who knows? You might, might you might save your own life. Oh, no, totally, might save your own life or others, or you can help. There's so many times on the trail. I'm sure that you've been on, or myself. I can remember people ask, "How much further?" or "Is it this turn?" or "Where do we go?" And it's nice to be able to tell people, like, "Oh, take this path down about one mile, then make a right." Like, is this amazing to be helpful to others? Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. Shout outs all trails. We were their first ever community collaboration i think two three years ago shout out dempsey marks yes. who is an avid listener of this very show yes it was awesome that i was there at that collab hike and it was awesome oh you were that's right there's so many people i can't remember there was like 40 <laughs> 50 people on that track yeah it was it was a big it was a big hike but it was awesome yeah, that was uh that was a very special time i was very proud of that one because it's a lot of effort and work and stress to organize sometimes these uh, bigger collaboration community hikes as you know mm -hmm. coming from the event the mm -hmm. event mm -hmm. world but this is different because we're like a moving event you know we're not staying in one place yeah. at a lounge or a <laughs> yeah. venue because if you lose someone you're gonna lose someone in nature you're not just gonna lose someone like in the corner back there no they're, they're in nature correct you gotta go find them <laughs> yeah. you gotta have a sweeper <laughs> Someone in the middle. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we try our best. So uh, you mentioned two tips. Is there anything else or do you want to close the loop on the hiking tips? Because those are really good already. You know what? I think this is just a friendly reminder. Bring a trash bag on the trail, please. <laughs> the 11th essential. Because Please bring a trash bag. And, you know, I, I usually bring it when I take my friends hiking or if I take a group. I always have a trash bag with me. It's even like those. Um, I have a compostable doggy poop bags that I have at home because of my dog and I just bring that with me on the trail because um, you never know who needs trash because when I see trash on the floor it just on the floor on 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 the trails it makes me so sad I'm like not again yeah and it's a sad reality of a lot of our local trails here in Los Angeles because these mountains whether it's the Santa Monica Mountains uh, the San Gabriel Mountains or Griffith Park is accessible I think if I'm saying this correctly I think Los Angeles County has like 18 million people or something like that. Some ridiculous numbers. So 
you get all kinds of people recreating on the trails. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand, you know, the leave no trace ethics and uh, pack out whatever you pack in, you know, don't treat mother nature, you know, like trash because it's not going to heal. It's going to, it's going to ruin it for other visitors. And it's also just destroying the environment, the native plants. It's affecting the, lo the local wildlife. Like there's just so much damage is being done over long periods of time. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so there's a nearby fall, uh, trail near me called Millard. Yes. Uh, Millard Falls. Yeah. And it's, so, and what's great about it, it's because it's what, maybe half a mile in, half a mile out, and you get a water, a beautiful waterfall at the end, but it gets so trashed every time I go there, and it just makes me so sad. Millard Falls, M Millard Falls. Millard. I don't even know what the Millard, uh, correct Millard. pronunciation is, but that is such a special canyon. It's very, a uh, lot of biodiversity in there, tons of beautiful plants from ferns to um, also local wildlife if you look closely at the trees like that's a very like special area that's right next to the city but feels a world away yeah it's so great and it's such a beautiful trail and you know and i get it a lot of people aren't educated about leave leave no trace but i mean if you could start with just yourself by bringing a trash bag and just practicing that um it just makes the world a little bit better <laughs> yeah, trash bag and then uh just throw in some yeah. gloves because i know a lot of reasons why people don't pick up the trash is because yes. they're using their bare hands so if you just throw some yes some cleaning gloves or those like uh those see-through gloves so that you don't feel icky <laughs> from picking up the trash that would yep. uh, probably help you be more motivated to pick it up totally oh that's a great way to cap off like the hiking tips yeah all right so check it out jenny i want to bring us out of los angeles in southern california California and head up north and go east of the Sierra Nevada mountain range to the Great Basin region where a very particular extreme landscape lies and I know you know where I'm taking this conversation now. Let's talk about yes, your insane <laughs> and recent Death Valley National Park experience. Yes I'm so excited. I love Death Valley. It's been on my bucket list forever. When I found out that you all were able to go with Matt, our crewmate, he is such an incredible curator of these national park trips. And when I found out that you were going to go at the top of this year, I think you all went from January 3rd through the 5th, correct? Yep. Like, what a way to mm -hmm. just start the new year off with a bang. Go to Death Valley National Park. And it was like a smaller group this time. I think it was like, what, six of you? Yep, yep. It was six of us. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so I was great. like, we got to talk to Jenny and get her perspective about this whole experience because I saw so much happen in such just over like two to three days, right? Yeah. I felt like we were there for a week. Because the yeah. weather system, yeah, the weather system is so different out there. Mm -hmm. It's so unpredictable. You 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 go into um, Badwater Basin and it's so hot. Then you just take the car up and go all the way. I forgot where we were, but we were going to an overlook. And it's freezing and I have to put my winter jacket on. And then one minute we're looking at these beautiful clouds rolling in and then lightning flashes. And then all of a sudden it's like pouring rain and the winds are lashing us. It's crazy. I want to get into that actually. So before we get more to that uh, surprising Mother Nature experience, like what did you think about just the drive going towards Death Valley National Park, the drive itself? Oh my gosh, the drive, so funny. Well, because it's on the way to Eastern Sierras, 
We just veer what it's like a right, I think, and then Eastern Sierra just keeps going straight north. Yeah, you're going east of the um, Death Valley east. National yes. Park is east of the Eastern Sierras by two hours, correct? Yes, yes. You see, so you're diverting, and then there is no service going into the park for about two hours out. <laughs> and I remember, well, I remember Matt told us, "Hey, think about bringing an extra." canister for gas you might need it and our car we were like do we really need it yeah whatever <laughs> we're just gonna wing it and see what happens and so obviously in the park there's only one gas station or two there's actually two gas stations there's one at one of the lodges and one in at the city center or city center um and we didn't get gas because we're like oh you know we're gonna get gas you know it's like seven dollars we're gonna get gas on the way out when we hit the next town mind you we were like, so this is when we were heading out of Death Valley. We were about half a tank empty because we forgot how long it takes to get into the park. And then we're literally staring at our gas tank being like, oh my God, it's going down one bar, one bar. And I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to make it to the next town. So we make it to this little ghost mining town. And then all the gas stations are closed. No way. Are you serious? <laughs> like, oh, swear. And this is already, this is like two hours out already. Of Death Valley, we're like, oh my god, we literally have a quarter, no, barely a quarter of a tank left. We're not going to make it out of here. There is no service. There is no reception. What are we going to do? But luckily, we we did barely, barely, barely make it to that that yes. town. I forgot what town it is. But you know what yeah. I'm talking about, like on the way to Eastern yeah, Sierra is and where too. it diverts to Death Valley. Um, but yeah, that was scary. So yes, whenever you go to Death Valley, please either fill up in the park. Doesn't matter how expensive it is, it. or to just yeah, just do it, or to bring an extra gas canister. <laughs> and also the drive heading to Death Valley. How trippy is it where you're on this long winded road? It looks like it's just going into like the abyss of nowhere, and then out of the blue, you see these like dramatic mountains pop out of nowhere, and you're driving literally in between it. It's like there's so much of nothing, and then there's so much of everything that just like hits you out of the blue. Right. It's crazy. Like going in there, obviously there's no service and you're just sitting around. You're like, oh, this is Death Valley. Because when we were driving in, we were greeted by a ton of beautiful yellow wildflowers. Then you hop into, yeah, you go through that path, that, that, I guess that drive mm -hmm. down where it opens up into the whole canyon and it's just stunning. It's, it's, a, it's, I felt like we were on Mars. So Jenny, like when you finally arrived in Death Valley National Park, day one, can you walk us through what exactly happened? You touched upon it um, a bit earlier, but your day one in Death Valley was uh, Mother Nature gave you a nice little surprise and let you know I'm here and unpredictable. Like, what exactly happened? Where were you at exactly? And uh, yeah, just walk us and, through that experience because I know it's, it looked pretty intense. Oh, yeah, it was definitely intense. So obviously we haven't slept much the night before because we're packing, trying to go into Death Valley. We finished up our hike at Mosaic Canyon. We set up camp and we're like, oh, OK, let's go to I think it was Zabriskie Point. Yes, Zabriskie Point. Um, mm -hmm. the, how do you say it? Zabriskie Point, correct. OK, we went to Zabriskie Point to watch sunset. And so we're just driving up, park our cars, do this cute little walk up the overlook, right? Super cute. Um, there's a ton of people over there and it's stunning. We're overlooking everything. We see these clouds coming in. We're like, wow, 
look at those beautiful clouds. And then I think Nikki, our other crew member, she just has her phone out. Because it really is beautiful. She just phone out, looking at the clouds. And then lightning flashes. And then all of a sudden, it just starts pouring rain, like, and it hurts. And then the wind comes in, and it's lashing us in our faces and kicking up the dirt. And it's like, literally, my husband, Peter, he's, he's holding us down. Because the wind, like, I thought I was going to fly off this point. Oh, wow. And I'm, like, screaming because I'm, like, because, like, the wind is coming, the rain is pouring, and it's, like, and it hurts. And then we finally turn around after we get a little bit of lapse of wind. Um, and we were running down the little cute, what is that, that little cute pathway. And then we see Matt and another crew member, Abby, they're running up. And they're, like, where are you guys? We're, like, oh, my God. And our heads are down. We're, like, huddled all running down this mountain because the wind, the rain. And then we get in the car, and we're just, like, what just happened? Oh it was God. literally switched up like this in a snap of the finger. It's just beautiful and sun and then wind, rain, crazy weather. And then we're like, we have to go back to camp because I'm pretty sure this cloud came over us. Mm-hmm. So we're driving through. We're, we're getting into the camp. We, we camped at Furnace Creek. We're pulling in. We're like, oh, my God. The, because the ranger told us that 40 mile an hour winds were coming in, but he said it wasn't going to be until later tonight. But I think this is a storm that came in earlier. So we're driving in. We're really nervous. We get out of our cars. We walk. And then I see my tent and I'm like, thank God, because Peter and I, we, we, um, what did we do? We, we tied it down real good. (laughs) We look ahead and we see Matt's tent and it's literally up off the stakes and it's like in the trees. And then as we're walking towards it and we're looking at it, we're like, oh, no, like our chairs are everywhere. Um, one of the cooler lids popped off because of the wind and then lightning flashes while we're walking towards our camp. We're like, oh, my God, this is devastating. <laughs> and to top it off, we only got three bundles of firewood. <laughs> so we were conserving it the whole night. We're like, oh, yeah, this should be OK. No, we were like down to the last log. We're like, oh, my God, we have to conserve or else we're going to be freezing our butts off because we're all wet. We're all yes. wet, too. <laughs> There's nowhere to dry ourselves. Good Lord. Day one survival mode. It's crazy. What? Day one, there's survival in Death Valley. You got the death cloud, the death storm. We did get the death cloud. And it's crazy because in the valley, you could see all these beautiful death clouds or whatever you want to call them. And we're just like, oh, those are so pretty. Those are so great. We're all taking pictures of it. And then we got hit by it. <laughs> Did you feel after you experienced that flash storm or the the death cloud, you know, the intensity of everything that was happening? Did you did you personally feel like I want to get out of here or did you want to like stick it out or like what was going through your mind? I definitely wanted to stick it out, but I was like, man, if we only had more firewood. <laughs> And then play the next day, we got like nine bundles of firewood. We're like, we're not taking any more chances. Yeah, especially when you're so oh. like deep out in nature and this like barren, hardened like yeah. desert landscape, you know? Yeah, like where where are you gonna go? You know, when when it pours down on you, you're in Death Valley. There's no service for two hours out. The resort that we passed through in in the in the park center, it the power went off. There's nowhere to go, literally. You're stuck. Yeah, you're literally stuck in Death Valley, and you just got to push through it. And this is how Mother Nature is a lot of times. You look at the forecast, and it's supposed to be later in the day, 
or maybe the storm or weather system is supposed to be happening the next day. But a lot of times, if you've gone on enough outdoor excursions, outdoor field trips, you know that the mountains create their own weather system and they it'll just hit you out of the blue with a storm, with a sandstorm or whatever it is. And you got to like hopefully be prepared. Oh, totally. Mother Nature has her own plans. For sure. Which is why like it's so humbling to be out there. It, it makes you realize like, OK, I got to be prepared. I can't, you know, just go into this thinking like, oh, I don't need that. Maybe I should. I don't need all of this firewood or I don't need to bring all this water. Like just be as thoroughly pre- as prepared as possible. That's your insurance policy, you know. Hundred percent. Bring the firewood, guys. Like an extra bundle or two won't kill you. <laughs> Bring your gas canister. That's so wild. So, so many- this storm came out of the blue when you reached that gorgeous yeah. vista overlook at Zabriskie Point, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so crazy to visualize that for my end because it's like this nice little cute stroll up the hill, <laughs> and then you're looking down at like the most dramatic landscape. You're looking at the uh, the Badlands the Golden Canyon yes. area, the Red Cathedral. Yes. And I've, I'm pretty sure this is where they filmed a lot of the uh, Star Wars scenes where they go through the, the Golden Canyons. And yep. you're like looking upon this like otherworldly landscape and then Mother Nature's like, blah, zam, ham, blah, 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 blah. Literally, and it's not even a fur walk. And we were screaming, we were like, oh my, like screaming. And I was like, how are we going to get down oh, this Lord. little cute point? Like, screaming like it was crazy (laughs) yeah storms rainstorms in the desert are particularly scary because that kind of landscape it floods very easily oh yeah like the total ground is so hard baked over so many like months or years that Mm -hmm. it can't retain the moisture from the rain so it just immediately floods and goes into different like channels or like little dips in the terrain so it's like that's also where you don't want to ideally be when there's like a thunder or rainstorm is the desert. Oh, totally. Yeah. And we were supposed to go to um, Badwater that day. So I'm oh, glad Lord. we were that not there. That would have been its yeah. own nightmare. Yeah. Because bad, Badwater, you have to walk so far mm-hmm. out and there's already all this water there. So I'm glad we were, I guess we were at the top of this Vista Point. That, that was a better alternative. I don't know. <laughs> so Jenny... Before, like, this torrential thunderstorm, the death cloud, you mentioned that uh, the first trek that you did on day one was uh, Mosaic Canyon, correct? Yeah, it was so Yeah, nice. what was that trek like? Because it's, uh, I feel like that's such a great way to really start off the Death Valley National Park experience because you have these tall canyon walls, and even just to get to the trailhead is its own little adventure, right? Because it's, a, like, this off-road uh, dirt path to enter the trailhead? Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because we were told that uh, from another crew member that it was just two miles round trip. Just. <laughs> and no, it was, yeah, just. No, it was three miles in, three miles out. Oh, it was six miles. We were like, it was like six miles. I think my uh, Fitbit clocked in six miles. That's so typical of and Matt we, Kerr. <laughs> he always does that to me. It's so funny. I didn't name names, but you Oh, I w- I'm going to say it because he's put me through the ringer. The last time that I was in Death Valley National Park, it's its own podcast episode, y'all. Episode 48, I survived heat stroke. I almost collapsed. It was a whole scene. It was crazy. Well, we were we were mildly prepared, but not really prepared for Rosetta Canyon. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it was fairly easy, but 
I had all this stuff on me because it was freezing. I had my Patagonia jacket. I had a sweatshirt. I had like another layer underneath. And I literally did not need any of that. Because I thought it was like too in, too out. Yeah, it was all just in case. And I was like climbing, climbing over rocks and doing this and that. I'm like, and I have all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I should have brought my my backpack with me because I thought it was two miles in. I just brought a fanny pack. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, wait. Why were we not informed that it was uh, more mileage? Matt Matt should have just... Matt was the Sherpa, right? He was carrying like a 50-liter backpack (laughs) and had all the essentials for you all. That's what I imagine. Probably not. Yes, and then... Yeah, and then the other falling hikes were like, okay, Matt is a marker. Whatever he brings, we just... We just... Or whatever he wears, we do the oh, same no. thing. Because he rolled up to this hike in like a shorts and a in a and a tank top, and we're like freezing. We're like, well, I don't know, it's just two miles. It should be okay. No, it was three miles in, three miles out. He's um, <laughs> as you've noticed, he's very minimalist to the point where yes. he's usually shirtless. Yeah, that was the same trailhead so where uh, this couple it was like an old couple, the Mosaic Canyon Trailhead. They asked to take a photo with him because he looked like a gladiator with his bandana and he was shirtless and he had like his trail running vest. It was such a weird thing. I was just like, okay, this is interesting. Like they're looking at him like an attraction, like in Vegas or something. I'm dead. That is so funny. That is so funny. Um, But Mosaic Canyon was amazing. Um, I think what I, I think Mosaic Canyon, what it is, it's a great intro to Death Valley. You really see the rock formation, what the valley is all about. Um, yeah, and then you get all the way to the end because you're rock scram- scrambling and you get all the way to the end and it's, what was this waterfall? Yes. Oh, you went that Probably far. Probably millions of years okay. ago. Oh, we went in. Matt was like, yeah, we're just going to keep going. Other people won't make it there. So they're just going to turn around and we're like, okay, Matt, just all sort of go. Yep, <laughs> but, sounds about right. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was scrambling yep. on the ridge around you guys. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he was doing that to me, that too, exactly and I was it. following him, and then I found myself stuck on some places where I had to turn back around because it was hard to, like, get down for myself. But, yeah, I saw some video content where he was, like, high up on the ridge, and you guys were at the at the floor of the bottom of the canyon, and I was just laughing. I'm like, yep, yep. this is the typical Matt experience when he's uh, guiding. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was really cool, you know, getting to the end of that waterfall or the dead waterfall and just seeing what nature could do and how it carves out spaces and things over time it was really otherworldly is the right word for that yeah because that canyon um if you remember some of those rock scrambling sections the stone or the rock it's it's essentially marble right yeah yeah because that was another thing we're looking at the rocks really wise so luminous and we would feel it and it's cold and it's so smooth and we're like whoa we think this is marble yes correct and it's oh, so wow. hard yeah to, it was uh, so cool you're slipping and uh falling down when you're trying to scramble yes. up it i mean i had issues with some of those uh scrambles even though it was really fun yeah totally and i'm a shorty too so it's not like i could just like use my long legs to get to places i have to like really strategically think where to go <laughs> So you mentioned Mosaic Canyon, yes. uh, your <laughs> death cloud intense experience at Zabriskie Point. This is all day one and how you went back to camp. And essentially, uh, some people's setup was blown away, including like the cooler lids 
off uh, mm-hmm. some of the um, equipment. And so day two, what did you all do on day two? What are the not- notable landmarks? Anything stand out to you from uh, oh, yeah. the so second day? Oh, yeah. We were blessed with great weather day two. And we went to Cathedral Rock. Oh, that's so lucky. So, so great. So it's, what is it? It's, how do you say the point again? The Vista Point, Zabriski uh, Point, where you had the, the storm. Zabriski Point. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't know. I think Matt pointed it out. What we were overlooking was what we were going to hike the next day. And, oh, my gosh, Cathedral Rock was like chef's kiss. It, I couldn't believe that was in Death Valley. Wow. I couldn't believe that was even possible. It was so beautiful. I'm so jealous because I wasn't able to reach that last portion. Now I'm realizing what you're referencing. Cathedral Rock, you're talking about red, the Red Cathedral. Yes. And that's where I had to turn around because I was feeling my heat stroke symptoms. And I had to have oh, Matt no. like guide me out of the canyon. And I'm so sad because I saw the content. I was like, damn, I was so close. But I knew it would have been the wrong decision to keep going forward because um, it was, I was just feeling, I was experiencing all the heat stroke, heat exhaustion symptoms, but oh, what was no. it like there when you got to the, t- uh, the actual landmark, the Red Cathedral, like what were the views like? It was, see again, maybe that's why, because we film all those movies there. Mm, yes. It's just, you don't feel like you're on planet earth, even though it is planet mm-hmm. earth, but it just, I can't even explain it because it's it's just crazy how much landscape Death Valley has in such a concentrated small area from the from the canyons to the to the to the cathedral rock and you're sitting there in the middle of all of this and you feel so small. Yes. So small. And nothing else really matters, really. And just and just going through that and talking to all the, the people trekking there too. Everyone's just so nice and lovely and just having a great time. And the energy is just so positive in that area. So it was such a great experience. Death Valley is such an insane place. Like, a lot of people don't know this. It's the largest national park in the continental U.S. outside of Alaska and um, Hawaii. And it's just the oh, land wow, of I didn't extremes. Even know that. Like you mentioned earlier, you went to the Badwater Basin, which is the lowest point in North America. You know, it's negative... 282 feet below sea level and did you actually go to the Badwater Basin day two or was that the fall or day three that was day two so we saw sunset oh my god at Badwater Basin and it was so nice because all the rain came in so it was just the salt was coming obviously you have the salt flats but then the water was coming in and it just looked like this enormous lake and it was just so beautiful. I'm going to explain how magical that moment was to you because I wasn't there, obviously. I had so much FOMO. But, yeah, get into just all that description of, like, you, you got to experience Badwater Basin during, like, a historic time. Yeah. And it was just so stunning because when you're walking down, obviously, this the salt is crystallized. So, yeah, it looks like snow on the ground. And our minds, we were like, wow, I feel like our minds are playing tricks on us because we know it's not snow, but it looks like snow. And so we're just walking along and everyone's taking photos along the water. And the water is just, I think because of the the salt flats, right? 
it gives a little bit more clarity to water or makes it look a little bit more white and it's reflecting yes. from the sky. So it's just blue and blue. And it looks like it could be glacier water. Great way of describing it. And the sun is setting, mind you. Yes. Yes. The sun is setting. The clouds are coming in. The sky is turning pink and blue. And it was just such a magical moment. And I'm so happy we got to experience that with the whole crew. So I did some research about that phenomenon that happened there. And you're going to greatly appreciate, you know, that rare moment that you got to experience at the Badwater Basin because apparently that lake had a name. It was called Lake Manly, right? No way. But it's been extinct for 10,000 years. It was a truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you just had. I had no idea. 10,000 years, Jenny. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's such... That is crazy. It's such a trip. That's why, like, before you guys went out to the Badwater Basin, I sent Matt someone's Instagram post or story and I was like, oh, my God, there's still water there. Like, the crew is going to be able to experience this. Because when I went, it was so incredible, so magical. Also went for sunset. But to be there when there's actual many lakes and water is so, like, like you really can't find words to describe the beauty of what that landscape looked like with the water and then the sunset coming. It looks like. It was. Uh, are you familiar with that FKJ video where they filmed it on the Bolivian salt flats? And it just looks like the most beautiful yes. music video of all yes. time. It was. Was that the circle video? Correct. It was the circle video. Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. They. Yes, that's what it, it was like. That. That is like one of the most beautiful like things I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> like that Bolivian salt flats, and the FKJ video. So when I saw your guys's content, I was like. Oh my God, they basically got that experience. I was so happy for you all. I was like, no way. They really they really got to go out there during this very unique phenomena. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. Um, because obviously it was such a special moment, but to know that it's been extinct for 10,000 years, man, that makes it even more special. It may never look like your knowledge that for drop. another 10,000 years. <laughs> wow, crazy, really crazy. Wow, so okay, that day too, you did uh, Badwater Basin like we just talked about. And uh, did you visit something earlier that day? Well, that was Cathedral Rock. Okay, yeah, Cathedral Rock. And then yeah. you stayed there for one extra day. I think this was, but it was yes. the day that you were leaving Death Valley. Did you do anything on the yes. third day? We did a lot more of the scenic overlooks. And what's great about Death Valley and what I didn't know is that people drive through it to get to Vegas. So it's made for cars. Correct. It's made yeah. for people to drive through and take a look. And I, I appreciated that because we were able to get in our car and we went back to, what is it called? The point of the Zimbriski? Zimbriski, Zimbriski point, point? Yeah. Zimbriski point because two of our other crew members came later and they weren't there. And we were like, okay, let's try to relive this and do it right. <laughs> so we did it again. Then we went to... Um, I want to say the drive was called the Artist Palette. Oh, yes. You did like uh, some of the drive, right? I don't think you guys went all the way, yes. but you experienced like some of the 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 overlooks there. Yeah. And that was stunning. I felt like I was in Disneyland. And because of the, um, the colors, mm -hmm. from all the natural resources and the minerals that's in Death Valley, it looks like someone took a paintbrush and just colored in the mountain. 
it's such a wild phenomenon the artist palette area it's like how is this here how does it look like this like it's just such a yeah you're just so like curious it's like wow this is this is earth it really is earth and it's so beautiful and we were all saying that our iphones don't pick up the different uh color schemes it just looks brown on our phones so whatever you see in your eyes like that's that's what you should be looking at and just really enjoying that because our phones forget it <laughs> it's not gonna work out you know it's wild like you did a lot on this death valley trip and still it's only a sliver of what the park like also has because it's the largest uh, national park in the contiguous u.s and then i saw that you on your way out you all went to the mesquite sand dunes as well yes we we ended at the sand dunes Again, another thing about Death Valley, how many terrains it has. The sand dunes was just another part of it. And people brought slides. People brought, I, we saw, we came across the one that snowboarded off some of the sand oh, dunes. Awesome. And we, yeah, it was awesome. And we, we went, we hiked in a little in and we just, you know, took our shoes off. And as if we were on the beach, just hung out, fell asleep on the sand and just, chilled i love the know? goof photo that you all took wonderful. with your hands underneath your oh my uh, gosh <laughs> so cute so adorbs it's a holiday or actually i shouldn't say holiday it's a it's a new year card from the just track crew <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that that's that's a great postcard great holiday outdoor yeah. postcard yeah it sounds like uh matt did an incredible job once again with yes. um you know curating shout out trip. to matt Absolutely. Shout out to Matt. Thank you, Matt, um, for putting this together because it was incredible. And shout out the rest of the people in the crew because I know it was like a smaller group. Like, do you want to mention who else was on that trip? Yes. So Abby was there, Nikki, um, Peter, and then Matt, of course. And on the second day, we had Mikey and we had Rain. I like how Mikey and Rain literally came the day after all the uh, the drama, the Mother Nature drama. They just showed up like, oh, what's up, guys? What's going on? Not realizing that you just had like this really intense experience with the storm. Literally, they came in like, hey, guys, what's up? And we we're just, you know, kind of wet, hanging, hanging your clothes on a clothesline. Matt made us so we could dry out our clothes. We're like, great. You missed everything. <laughs> they came at the right time to not feel like came at the uh, right time. in danger. True. And they also brought the good weather with them. So I can't be mad. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I saw Matt made some uh, incredible, uh, heard some great feedback about his uh, green curry dish that he made. Or was it chicken green yeah, curry? He, yeah, he made an amazing curry. And listen, I, I took charge of dinner the night before. I just picked up marinated meats from Kate, from H Mart. That works. <laughs> but Matt, yeah, but Matt literally cut this, marinated it. Cooked it over the the fire. It was great. It was very tasty. <laughs> Matt is a man of many talents. He is a master chef. To anybody that knows him, if he offers you any of his food, just try it. You're gonna like be just try it. You'd be mind blown. Agreed. Just try it. That's all you got to do. All right. So I want to peek back into 2023 right now with you. And I want to head west of Death Valley, but stay within the same general region and trek on over to the Eastern Sierras, which is California's prized mountain range, home to Mount Whitney, which is the tallest mountain in the continental U.S. And also the Eastern Sierra is just home to, I think, around 15, 14,000 foot peaks. And it's just this dramatic landscape that's like two hours west of Death Valley. Like, I think 
what's so incredible about California is home to so many ridiculous and epic outdoor landscapes. And right now I want to reminisce with you about an unforgettable Eastern Sierra summer trip that we did with the Just Trek crew that I was able to be a part of as well back in August 2023, right? Yes. Yeah. Peak of summer. And you expressed on social media that this was one of your favorite trips ever. Could you explain why it was like that for you? I think a big part of it is that the Eastern Sierras is so unexpected. I've never been there at all my whole life. I've maybe heard about it from a few people. Oh, it's so gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's this. But when you're actually there, you can't believe it's in California. Like, I was blown away um, from the Alpine Lakes, jumping in glacier water, you know, Convict Lake, incredible. And the hikes there were just so stunning because of the recent rains. And what's so great about it is that it's so close to Mammoth. And I had no idea. Oh, also, I forget. Um, the natural hot springs. How could we forget about that? That was like our last. Oh, my gosh. Like, part of, that was like the end of the trip, I believe, the last day. Yeah, it, it was so crazy. You just, there's a natural hot springs, like a jacuzzi from the earth. And you're watching the sunset. And then all of a sudden, it's dark. And you just see all these stars in the sky. And you're still chilling in a jacuzzi <laughs> you made from Mother Earth. It's crazy. Wild Willie's Hot Springs is such a yes, breathtaking hot springs landscape. I mean, I'm happy you brought that up already because that was my first time ever also at Hot Springs. Because I would actually say that was like my biggest highlight from that trip, even though there were so many highlights because I never had that experience before. Like even all these past several years I've been exploring, never a hot spring experience. Same, same. Never hot spring experience. And, it, and we were joking. We, we felt like there'd be cowboys just coming along the bend, you know, with their lassos. But this is what they did. They took a jump in the hot springs back in the day, back in the Oregon Trail days. Back in the Oregon Trail days. <laughs> that was definitely the move to experience uh, Wild Willie's hot springs during sunset and then see the transition oh, man, yeah. to the dark night sky because, oh my God, the the sky put on a show for us. Like the stars were just illuminating so bright. Yeah, it was so, it was so magical. It was so great. And to experience that with other people, your friends, it just makes it even better. We had a big crew. I think we had like 15 we did have to a 18 big crew. people. And these were all like, just so the listeners understand the context, these are a lot of the people um, on this trip or on a lot of these like smaller group private things like man we've we've known each other for like anywhere between like maybe like eight to 15 years like it's really Easily. trippy yeah it's so trippy and you know everyone's older everyone's busy and just to get that amount of people to take a car ride up to the eastern sierras camp and experience all of this with each other is just one in a lifetime yeah, that trip was a once-in-a-lifetime thing with that specific group of people, like you said. Like, each person's, totally. like, doing their own thing, whether it's a project or endeavor. or Like, everyone's killing it in their own ways. And it was yeah. just so shocking that we were all available to just experience all these wondrous trails and landscapes. It, for everyone curious, we stayed at Upper Gray's Meadows, which, oh, my God, that's a phenomenal campground. Oh, amazing campground. Highly recommend it. 
Remember the stream, the river that was right next to our campground? I was like, <laughs> yeah. holy cow, we have like an actual wild river. Like it was, I was like, if you yeah. fall into this river, you're going to be swept away. Yeah, totally. It was that raging. We would, we would like rinse every morning or do our little cold plunge. And it was awesome. Like it woke me up. It was so good. Oh, yeah. And then day one, Jenny, we did a section of Corsage Pass. <laughs> yeah, we did. What? It blows my mind how much we packed into that trip. What did you think about Corsage Pass? Because I believe, correct oh. me if I'm wrong, that was your first time seeing multiple alpine lakes. Oh my gosh, it was stunning. It it was just one of those things where you just can't believe it until you see mm -hmm. it. Not only did we just see these lakes, we also jumped in one too, and that was so cool. <laughs> I'm gonna give everybody was... um a little nugget, little gem. If you're on the Corsage Pass trail. There is a particular offshoot trail that goes to this lake called Matlock Lake. And that's where yes, we... that's what it was. And that's where we actually jumped into the water below this dramatic peak. I think it's called University Peak that was snow-capped. And it's just this yeah. like, secluded lake, unreal landscape. Like, how did you feel when you jumped into your first alpine lake? It was crazy because I knew that the water was there, obviously for rain, but you could see the snow melt going into the lake and I was like oh my god this is fresh water obviously when you get in I'm like screaming my brains out because it's so cold but it's something that I would never forget I loved it I really felt one with nature not to be corny but that's that's really what it felt like yeah I was we were determined to get you to to get everyone to Matlock Lake because I know there was like a little precarious section of snow that we had to traverse and I was like yes. kind of sketchy yes. but uh, I think We'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we did. And it was so worth it. You got in. I think it was you, Matt, and I think Peter got in all the way. I could only literally go like waist down. I was like, I'm, I can't jump in. <laughs> it, it's so, this, everybody, this Alpine Lake is so cold to the point that it stings and it hurts. Unless you're used to it this hurts. kind of cold and you're a, a psycho or you like pain. Yeah. Like, you're not going to stay for very yeah. long. You're probably going to just stay in for five seconds and get out. Yeah, I'll never forget Matt and your husband Peter like playing with each other like little kids like in the Alpine. Like I couldn't stop I, like, laughing. Yeah. I was just like, this is the most ridiculous sight ever. Yeah, it was great. It was such a great trip. My favorite. Yeah, I think we saw like four to five lakes, even if we just hiked like three to four miles. I think that's what's so special about Corsage Pass. I, I I would argue that might be one of the most gorgeous treks that I've ever done personally. Oh, you're right. I agree. And what's crazy is that we got in that day, so everyone had like maybe two two to four hours of sleep, if any. <laughs> we were doing this. Dying. Like, yeah, di literally dying. Anything else from the Eastern Sierras trip you want to share or highlight? I know we went to, um, oh, I know you mentioned so Convict Lake. Oh, my God. Convict Lake oh is. Oh, my gosh. We didn't do any hiking. We just, uh, you know, explored along this one side and we posted up and had like, just like a big picnic on the side and just yeah. enjoyed the massive lake. Like there's like boats inside of this lake, guys. Like it's a whole like operation. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was just so beautiful because again, I think it was Nest Convict Lake. Was there snow in the mountains in the background? I can't uh, remember. Convict Lake, there I think was. only there was like small patches on certain parts of the small mountain. Patch. Yeah. Yes. And then but it's August and it's summer and the water is so clear and it's so cold and it's so nice. And then Abby, I think she just found a random fishing line and she caught a fish. 
That's right. <laughs> Randomly. That's so right. Oh, what a good. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Yeah, that turned into this whole moment of like, do we put the fish back? Do we want to actually cook it? Up. Like, I remember this was like a whole like 10 to 15 minute ordeal. We're like, what do we do? Do we take it back? But we're like, we don't have ice to take this fish back. We're not going to go to camp. <laughs> and I remember Matt was like, yeah, you got to skin it or, or uh, the Yeah, you got to scale yeah. it. You got to scale the fish. Yeah, it was, uh, we didn't end up taking the fish, everybody. So if you. Yes. You're all wondering. It, it went back to Mother Nature and the birds were eyeing it. So there yeah, you go. Totally. And then after Convict Lake, I think that's when we went to Mammoth area and then went to Wild Willie's yes. Hot Springs. Yes. yes. And it was great day. Great day. Such a great Not day. Not only did we have so much fun on the trails and exploring like the hot springs, like when we would arrive back at camp, y'all, it was a party. People were like <laughs> Having their own little mini raves around the campfire. We had this like magical um what was it? Like we would throw it into the fire, it would turn it to turn the flame into different like vibrant colors. Yes. It's um I don't know what we call it, but it did turn different colors and Abby brought it and she brought it again to Death Valley. Oh, she did? Because she stole an extra from Eastern Sierras. Yeah, it was awesome. Shout out <laughs> to Abby Patino for creating magic at the, uh, yes. the campfire back at the campgrounds. Always. Always. It was great. Yeah. It was a great One time. for the forever books with the crew, that uh, Eastern Sierras trip. It's uh, If you're all not familiar, the Eastern Sierras is it's just four hours north of Los Angeles driving. Like, that's the same amount of time it would take you to go to Las Vegas. So just go to <laughs> Eastern Sierras instead. It's so different. It's like one of the – it's California's prized mountain range. And I'll tell you something, Jenny, that uh, – I think we're also lucky to have the Eastern Sierra so accessible to us. A previous podcast guest, she's a very avid international traveler that hikes international mountains. She said the Eastern Sierras were just as gorgeous as a lot of the international mountains that she's uh, explored. Wow. And that's, you know. Says a lot. That's a lot to say. Yeah, that's a lot to say about the Eastern Sierras right in her backyard, four hours away. Highly recommended. Highly, highly. So much more to explore out there. We only even did a sliver of it. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, Jenny, you are a beloved member of the crew, and it's just so wonderful to have you a part of our group adventures, whether they're big or small. And I just want to get from your perspective, like, what's it like being a part of the Just Trek crew and just being a part of a hiking slash adventure group overall? You know, I think it definitely makes hiking a lot easier. Um because again, the reason why I didn't hike before was because I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't have guidance. And I just feel like ever since I started hiking with the crew, I've learned so much more about the outdoors and nature's how to, how to, you know, proper footwear, proper backpack wear, like a base layer, all these things I never knew about, I learned from you guys. Um, and it's just so nice to be in a, crew and experience things with friends that we've known forever because I think there's one thing of like hiking with someone you've met but when it's someone that you're already having a relationship with and already having a connection with and you see and experience different things it just really builds and strengthens that bond very deeply I would like to add. Yes, very deeply. Like if, yes, very deeply. you were already good friends already, you're going to be you're gonna be in deep. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in deep. Um, because you're out on the trail for like eight hours with, with these people. So 
You better get close and comfortable. Yeah, and I know a lot of the trail conversations, people feel much more open to share maybe certain things that they normally would in another setting. Totally. I agree. And just having that with the crew has has been such a blessing. It really has. It's It's been great. Yeah, it's been great to like take the energy that we exude at these events and parties and bring it out into Mother Nature, obviously, responsibly. Also, sometimes we do like to have a yes, good time here and there, dancing on the trails, right? Mm -hmm. And that's actually another aspect about Seven the stickers. group and the crew that I want to touch upon with you with, is that we love dancing on the trails and summits because a lot of us are former dancers or we come from that uh, community. Like, what's it been like for you to join us on summit ciphers and just express yourself out in Mother Nature through dance? And I think a big part of that is because you've seen me in my element before. So doing that now in a comfortable setting where I don't feel like I'm judged and I'm with people that I know and I can trust. And to just say, you know, nowadays when people are like, oh my God, you should dance, get in a circle, like parties. I'm like, no, man, I'm retired. Ah, I'm good. But yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I don't got nothing to prove. But in, when we're out in nature and we're doing it with each other, I'm like, okay, one, I'm doing it for you guys. Two, I'm doing it for the universe and I'm just doing it for just good vibes all around. And I really, truly feel that. And so to dance, it just comes out like that. It feels spiritual dancing out in Mother Nature. Yes, it does. It's just like a different, it's a much different setting. Like what you just said, like after you've been a dancer for a long time, when you're at these uh, social settings, these parties, people are always like trying to push you in the circle or trying to have you relive like your prime dance days. It's like, yo, like, okay, not right now. Like, let me do it on my own accord. Like, or when I'm really feeling it, like we don't like feeling yes. forced or pressured anymore because we've already been doing that for so long. Like, We've been representing for a very long time. Yes, agreed. <laughs> totally agree with that. And I'm cool not going in the center anymore. I'm good. We don't want too much attention on, our, on ourselves. But, um, you know, we've had some epic summit ciphers on Strawberry yes, Peak, Echo Mountain. I don't mm -hmm. think Sandstone Peak because it's not, you can't really dance anywhere there. It's kind of difficult. It's a little hard. You might fall off the mountain. Yeah, you might just injure yourself <laughs> and then we'll be depressed because we can't hike anymore. Exactly. And Jenny, like, you know, you joined us on so many treks. Like, how has it been uh, leading a few of your own group hikes with your other friends, you know, and hosting these kind of outdoor adventures for to bring people to places that you've been and, uh, you know, share those benefits that you've been getting, but giving it to like a whole nother friendship group? Like, what's that been like? You know, I think about your mission all the time. And a part of it is what I've been able to discover with the crew and sharing that with other people. And when people's eyes light up, when they see a waterfall or when they see a sunset, or I'm like, you got a headlamp? You don't have one? Here you go. Make sure you bring a headlamp. And they're like freaking out. But when they realize that they could get down a mountain in the dark with a headlamp, they're like, mm -hmm. wow, I can't believe I did that. And, that. and seeing that reaction in people makes me so happy. Um, and I hope to continue that in the long run. Yeah, hopefully uh, you can help out and lead some uh, group hikes in 2024, y'all. Ooh, they got to be easy, though. Yeah. <laughs> they got to be easy. Easy to moderate. Easy to moderate. Easy to moderate. Can I, can I lead a group of mountain quality yet? No. Maybe in the future. Yeah. But make it easy for me. <laughs> small, small group if that was mountain body. Very small. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what are, some, uh, what are some of the trails that you've brought people to? So I took, um, we went to, 
we went to Israel with a group of people and we know we're connected to a larger Israeli group, um, Jewish community out here um, in LA called Honeymoon Israel. So I actually hosted a summer hike to Millard Falls, Millard yes. Falls, and people were able to take their kids, their dogs, and they were shocked when they got there. They're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that there is a waterfall right here. And I'm like, yeah, guys, right? It's so easy. Um, so that was definitely a highlight. I've taken friends to, ooh, what was that place called? Topanga Overlook. Oh, nice. Right on. Yeah. Topanga Overlook for sunset. Switzer Falls was another one. So it's, it's just been really nice to catch up with friends and bring new people out into the great outdoors. I think I also saw you went to Malibu Creek State Park and also afterwards maybe Sandstone. Or is that was that something else? Oh, yes. No, you are right. No, I totally forgot about that. Um, a group of our friends went to Malibu Creek. It was so hot. Still loved it. It was fine. Um, but then for sunset, we took them to Sandstone. And they were like, like us the first time. No one's ever been there. And they just couldn't believe it. And what was so beautiful about Sandstone around that time was that the rains were just, you know, they were just going and everything was so green and the wildflowers were coming out and it just looked so beautiful and otherworldly. I couldn't even believe it, Sandstone. It looked like a different trail to me. Yeah, it was great. And they loved it. And that's a big thing. The trail is never the same each time you visit it a lot of times. It's a different experience because when you see it in a different season or after the rain or at a certain time of the year, there's always something different about it that you didn't notice or that sprouted out, whether it's the local totally. native plants or maybe you saw particular wildlife. And also when you did the hug, you probably went with a different group of people. So the energy is also different as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's so crazy about sandstone. I think I went maybe about two or three weeks after and all the wildflowers that wildflowers died. Yeah, it... <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy. I was like, wait, where did they all go? But I mean, it was still beautiful. But again, it's just that trail always changes and it always looks different, which is really cool. That's why sandstone forever. Sandstone forever. And that's (laughs) also a key learning that in that moment that we're on that trail at that particular time, just to appreciate it for what it looks like and what it is. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And we can apply that That to our life. Exactly. Mother Nature is just like, if you observe it carefully, like so many life, endless life lessons that we can apply in our everyday lives. Totally. So I want to go off trail for a moment, and I'd love to highlight another kind of adventure that you've been on, most specifically an entrepreneurial career venture that I know the listeners are going to absolutely love because you are the owner of a Filipino-American restaurant here in L.A. called Sampa. Talk to me about the origin story behind Sampa, how has it evolved, and where exactly are you located so that the listeners, after they do their hikes and their outdoor adventures, can uh, go out there and support and just taste all the incredible Filipino-inspired cuisine that you've been serving up. Yes, yes. So Samba, we're COVID babies. We started cooking out out of um, one of my closest friends, Josh Espinosa. We've known each other from the dance community as well since we were 16. And then we auditioned for Cabo Modern together when we were 18, and we both made the team. Um, We started cooking out of his apartment during COVID. At that time, he was still chef at Crustacean Beverly Hills. And when all the restaurants were shut down, he had this idea. He was like, hey, I think now is a good time to launch Sampa because people are just ordering takeout. So what we did was that we would put our orders online and people would order from us um, through a platform called Talk. And 
we would be listed next to these Michelin star fancy looking restaurants for takeout. So if people would order from us, they would roll up to Westlake where Josh lived at that time. And mind you, this is Westlake, borderline hi-fi. So okay. it's apartment building side to side. And they were like, wait, I thought this was a restaurant when we handed them our food. Oh, wow. That's and, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then we'd be like, oh, no. And they're like, where do you cook out of? And we'd just be like, uh, upstairs. Yeah, you, you, you had to like figure out some kind of story so they're not like all like what like are you serious yeah seriously and then josh's apartment literally smelled like a kitchen it smelled like canola oil and soy sauce that and garlic wow the origin story the roots so so wild yeah and then i knew we needed to find a kitchen so luckily as we were slowly getting out of covid we found a commissary kitchen on the cusp of skid row um and we made it work. Other people were supposed to move in, but the concepts never moved in. So we had this kitchen for about six to seven months. And that's where we really built our fan base from our menu. And also, um, when I was trying to get people to come out, because we had zero, literally zero customers, uh, Just Shit Crew were, their, were our first customers. After hey. a hike, they would just roll up the sod by. Because <laughs> there, was, there was no one there. Like, Tables, chairs, we had it all, but like no customers, and you guys would just take over the restaurant. <laughs> Post check yeah. after party, y'all. Oh yeah, it was cool. It was good times. So now we're doing pop ups. We are looking for our brick and mortar, but we are currently popping up five days a week in the Arts District, right next to Earth Cafe, um, at a restaurant called Caviar from Wednesday through Sunday, all day, all day, every day. <laughs> So it's been nice to have a semi-permanent home. You hear that, everyone? They're in the Arts District inside Caviar. You said you're open currently from Wednesday through Sunday, right? Br uh, lunch, brunch, and dinner. Yep. Yes, sir. We are open. If you're listening to this conversation, take the time to check them out. I promise you the food will not disappoint. Like People have been raving about Sampa for a couple of years now, ever since COVID happened. And what are some of your personal favorite dishes uh, that Chef Espinosa cooks up and serves everybody? Oh, that's tough. Okay. So my favorite, my okay, my top, top favorite is has to be a lamb shank calderetta. Oh, my God. What is it called? Lamb? Yeah. What? Lamb shank calderetta. So it's a 20-ounce lamb shank braised, um, braised for about three to four hours. And... Typically, calderetta is what? It's usually like a meat or chicken, depending on what, what your family cooks it as. But it just tastes so good. I don't even eat lamb. But that thing just falls off the bone, and it is heavenly. Has to be my favorite thing. But also, you can't go wrong with their karakare tamales, which is a Filipino stew, but we make it in tamale form, which is an homage to L.A. And, um, yeah, oof, there's so many good things. And our cocoa shoots, which is bamboo shoots sauteed and spices filipino aromatics wow. yeah so good there's so many good things on the menu so just just come and see for yourself <laughs> yeah i haven't had the lamb but i remember i had the karikari tamales the cocoa shoots and i was surprised how bomb they were i was like yo this is such a unique take and just so satisfying and then obviously you know you can't go wrong with the calamansi wings they also have it oh yeah vegetarian format the cauliflower calamansi wings like that is Yes, Always sir. a winner. I've had that um, 
I've had those wings multiple times over the past couple of years. Yeah. It'll never be, it'll never get old. So Jenny, where can we find you on social media for Sampa and how can we support? Yes. So you can find us on social media on Instagram at Sampa, that's S-A-M-P-A dot L-A on Instagram. And then you could also just come and support us in the artistic. You can find us on Yelp. Yeah. Visit them while they're there still, y'all. Like make yes. this a thing with your friends, go with a date, bring your hiking crew there. Like support one of our own in the community. That's what it's about at the end of the day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. So it's clear how much you love the outdoor lifestyle. And just to bring it back to our conversations about earth and mother nature, you know, I'd love to know, Jenny, like how has hiking and nature just impacted your overall life? And perhaps you can speak to it in relation to you being a restaurant owner, you know, like that entrepreneurial lifestyle and also maybe your relationship with your husband, like really curious to know, you know, how hiking and nature has just impacted different aspects of your life. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, hiking couldn't have come at a better time um, because around COVID, I I quit my full-time job. I jumped into my entrepreneurial journey, um, doing Sampa, taking on marketing clients. And yo, being a business owner is one of the wildest things that one can do. There's so much that goes on. It's so stressful. You don't sleep. You don't eat. You, your, your daily routine literally turns upside down. And hiking has been there for me because like I'm able to feel grounded. I'm able to feel like myself and I'm able to feel refreshed and I have more clarity. So I'm so grateful for Mother Nature and the outdoors for that because I would probably lose my mind. Do we? I believe you, Jenny. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, as someone who, who runs their own business, you know, has to grow their own following, it's, it's a lot. And hiking really is a great outlet for me. And being a restaurant owner is one of the most cutthroat businesses that you can be an owner of. So the fact that hiking and getting onto nature is one of like your most powerful tools is just so like wonderful to hear that you can turn to something, an outlet, a healthy outlet for you to reset yourself, recenter yourself and come back with like a renewed sense of energy and tackle, you know, the everyday um, obstacles of running your own business. Totally. And all the problems that you have in your business and in life that come with it, when you're out in nature, it just seems so small. You know what I say? Um, I have this phrase, you're out in nature and you just see like the grandeur of everything, the vastness of everything. It's like this insignificant magnificence, you know, like you feel so small and you're like, you know what? I may be going through a lot, whether it's in a relationship or like your career struggles or just owning a business and you're like you know what everything's gonna be okay like I'll, I'll figure it out these things that i'm thinking in my head the echo chambers of negativity like things will be okay yeah a hundred percent and i cannot agree more with you on that and also when you're going up a hard peak it's like life right it's like are you gonna sink or swim or are you gonna keep going or are you gonna back down and when you hit when you're climbing and you hit that peak and and you're there, you're like, oh my God, I did it. That's the kind of strength that I carry over to my entrepreneurial journey too. Because there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of obstacles. Um, but I just remember to myself, like, when did I feel my strongest? 
can I overachieve it? Can I can I achieve this? Yes, I can because I physically have done it before. God, so much metaphor is like climbing mountains. Just so much like metaphors for just life in general. The ebbs and flows, the roller coaster, the things that the peaks and the valleys, the detours, getting lost. You know, there's just so much um, analogies and similarities to like when we're out in nature climbing these peaks or just exploring trails to, that we can reference in our everyday life. Right. And totally in like Mother Nature, right? In Death Valley, one day you look at the clouds and it's fine. And the next minute it's a thunderstorm and you're caught into it. But then it's like, how do you bounce back from that? Literally the same thing. <laughs> and also curious, you know, with your husband, Peter, a.k.a. Vagabond Pete, have you seen, and this is actually something really interesting. So Peter, you know, he, he had been dealing with an injury, right, for a long time. Was it the knee or the ankle? What was it again? It was his, it is his ankle okay. currently. And he hasn't been able to join us, you know, like on a lot of these treks in the beginning. So I'm sure like, you know, he was viewing a lot of the content and it was kind of like, man, like, cause you know, he expressed to me at one time at one of the events, maybe a year or two ago, he's like, man, yo, just trek. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for uh, helping Jenny with guiding her into the outdoor and providing her that outlet. But he also expressed like, Hey man, like I, you know, I know I have this injury, but like I would also love to, you know, experience and share these kind of moments, you know, with my wife and Jenny. And I was just like, oh man, when he expressed that to me, I was like, yeah, man, we got to get you out there with us because I could only imagine, you know, you're seeing us like all as a group, seeing a beautiful sunset and you're like, man, I want to be there too. And that really hit me in the feels because it's like, you know, that's your guy, that's your husband. And you want him out there along with us, but also you want to make sure that it's doable and he can be there safely and not re-injure himself because that would be the biggest like heartache and tragedy, right? I guess so my question to you is like now that he's also joined us on more recent adventures, whether it's Death Valley, the Eastern Sierras, Sandstone Peak, local treks, like how has hiking and getting outdoors, you know, impacted like your relationship with your husband? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it has been more fulfilling in our relationship. I think especially Eastern Sierras was a turning point because, you know, when you have this chronic injury, you feel like you can't do anything. And for him to go on Kursaj Pass, for example, which is a hard hike, and for him to actually do that, um, it was definitely empowering for him. And see, that made me happy. And knowing that he can do some of the hikes and can experience some of these things with us, it, it really thrills me. It really does. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for taking that into heart. <laughs> and mind you, when he was with us at Eastern Sierras, he was crushing it. He was like at the front with Matt. Oh, yeah. And I was like, who are you? Are you even injured? Like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so happy that this is going so well and positively for you. And I also another shout outs to Matt. I know that Matt has been helping both of you all with um, strength conditioning, workouts, like being like basically like a personal coach. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like, um, you know, injuries are start so hard to have when you live an active lifestyle. Right. Um, but knowing that you could find a way to overcome it or not find a way to overcome it. In Peter's sense, it's more of like finding alternatives. Mm -hmm. There's always a way. There's always a way. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy. <laughs> and in regards to your uh, your brethren, your brother, Jed, do you feel like do you feel like it's brought you closer to him or has it always been like the same dynamic? Because, you know, we share a lot of the trails together also. Or do you feel like a bit of a competition when you're both bagging peaks? I'm really, can you give us a little peek into that uh, 
dynamic between you two? That's hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think and dig deep on this. Uh, it's funny because my brother and I, we always grew up very close and we always had the same friends. So it's literally like our dance friends. And then we evolved into our hiking friends. <laughs> it's just same people, same vibe. So it's really cool to just do this together with him. Um, am I competitive? I mean, I think I'm just a competitive person in general. <laughs> Sibling bagging peaks like, oh, he did this or she did that. Like, I need to do that, too. I was always curious about that. Yeah. Like, for example, when he went to Half Dome with you, Matt and Tronic, I was like, oh. I don't want to do half dome. <laughs> Jenny, you're a really strong hiker. Like, you've really impressed me, you know, because I'm always observing people Thank you. in the group. I was like, wow, she's like always has the same pace pretty much with Matt or she's keeping pace with Matt. And I'm the one in the middle Jeez. over the back. Actually, I'm like, oh, she was uh, <laughs> she was built for this trekking lifestyle, this outdoor lifestyle, bagging peaks and all and like the harder, more challenging hikes. Like you've uh, you've been crushing it. You've done a lot of the major peaks in Southern California. Thank you. I appreciate that because, uh, yeah, I do feel that in my heart. I do feel like hiking was meant for me. <laughs> From representing on the dance floors to the highest of peaks, no better feeling, right? Let's go. Let's go. 2024, exactly. we going to do more and we going to get you up to where? To San? San G. San Here we G. go. San Gregorio, <laughs> the tallest mountain in Southern California at 11,000. 503 feet, I believe. Look at me. I'm the encyclopedia yep. now of peaks. I know. I love it. I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's hilarious, <laughs> obviously, that I've been pouring my heart and soul into the whole, just getting myself familiar with our local mountains and trails, and it's been so special. I love that. But yes, that isn't one in the box, for sure. So I'm so excited to ask you this next question, as you've just gathered so many incredible outdoor adventures over the past several years. So Jenny... If there was one hiking or outdoor experience you could relive all over again, what would that be for you? And take a moment to process that because I'm sure there's a lot to choose from. I do want to say some moments in Sanso Peak, they're going to veer away because <laughs> that's a given. How, how um, about this? Share you one know, moment on Sandstone Peak that you would like to because I know there's many moments on there. And then you can go into your next answer. Okay. Um, I would relive the first time I ever went up there in the dark with you guys. Um, I didn't even have hiking shoes. I had running shoes. And I remember you gave me stickers and I just got so excited. You were like, welcome to the crew. I'm like, oh my God, oh, wow. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, because you, earn, you earned over it. You earned that sticker. Thank you. Yes, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a pack. I didn't have hiking shoes. I think I borrowed one of your headlamps. It was wild, but I I really, really, really treasure that moment. And it was dark, and we were overlooking the city. And, yeah, it was beautiful. It was the start of the hiking journey. But if I had to do another hike all over again, I would do Eastern Sierras time and time and over again. Yeah, that trip's going to live long in our uh, stories that we tell our children at one point. <laughs> yeah. Assuming that we totally. have children. But, um... yeah. Our descendants, our, descendants, our future descendants. Yeah, exactly. Our disciples. <laughs> Any particular part of the Eastern Sierras trip that you would want to relive all over if you had to choose something out of that trip? Yes. What was the hot springs theme called? Wild Willies. Yeah, Wild Willies Hot Springs. It's a tongue twister. Wild Willies Hot Springs. Wild Willies Hot Springs. Yes. 
I would relive that over and over and over again. Yeah, I didn't want to leave, honestly. It was, uh, you, you just Same. treasure it, especially when it's like your first time there, your first time at a hot springs and then the sky is all of a sudden like illuminating. You're like, I don't want to leave because I don't know the next time I'm going to have this kind of moment again, you know? Exactly. I was like, this is, this is crazy. This is beautiful. I would relive that moment over and again. And we're going to have much more of those moments for years to come. So don't you worry. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't Instead wait. Instead of bagging peaks, we're going to be bagging hidden waterfalls and hot springs. Let's go. Count me in. Yeah, there's so much hot springs apparently in Southern California. Still haven't been to Deep Creek. The infamous, notorious Deep Creek hot springs. There's also Montecito hot springs in Santa Barbara or around that area like Ventura County. Yeah, there's a lot that we'll uh, have to explore altogether. I'm excited. I got to start my hot springs list then. Yeah, there's there's a lot over Southern California and beyond, so we'll make sure to do more of those. Next. All right. Guess what? Ooh, what? It's time for the rapid fire question section. Ooh, okay. I'm ready. My favorite part of the show. So the way it works, there's two rounds. Round one is outdoor focused, and then round two is personal. So just answer with one word answers or short and concise answers. Okay, you got All it. All right, round one. You ready? Yes. You ready, rock steady? Ready, rock steady. And Here we she go. she said it. Now we're actually ready. Here we go. Favorite trail snack? Cashews. Trail runners or hiking boots? Ah, uh, hiking boots. Desert or deserted island? Desert, for sure. Waterfalls or lakes? Right now, waterfalls. Rock scrambling or surfing loose scree? Uh, definitely scrambling. <laughs> I know people, I feel like <laughs> when I ask that question, they're like, why is that other option even an option or the alternative? <laughs> I had that thought. Well, I like surfing loose scree. I think that's why I included it and some other crazies out there. Epic day hike or so epic funny. backpacking trip? Ooh, epic day hike. I like to go home to a bed. I feel you on that. That is the wonderful thing about these long, challenging day hikes or these epic peak bagging day hikes. You can go back home and then not have to worry about all the logistics of backpacking. But I know backpacking yep. is its own spiritual experience that we'll all definitely get more into as well. Ooh, yes. Favorite camping meal? Matt's curry. <laughs> Na oh, Matt's curry. I thought you said Nat's curry Nat's like Nat's curry. Thai curry. Oh, no, Matt, Matt's curry, the last thing he made for us. Wow, Matt's, yeah, Matt's uh, Shout out, Matt. dishes, Shout out cuisines to Matt. will live on <laughs> and on. Yeah, Matt is, uh, as you all haven't heard his name a million times, he's a very beloved member <laughs> of the Just Trek crew, the Just Trek team. He's uh, the spicy mountain boy. He's machete Matt. He's disco nap Matt. His nicknames have many nicknames as well. All right, True. next rapid fire question. Hardest hike you've done? Oh my gosh. Um, definitely Baldy, I would say. Baldy Register Ridge. Baldy via Register Ridge Jeez. for the record. Jesus. Yes. That's, oh, Lord that Jesus. Dawn or dusk? <laughs> dusk. Mountain lions or grizzly bears? Look, Curse ain't neither. I choose uh, one. I'll go with grizzly bears. <laughs> Grizzly bears. Yeah, you're hardcore. <laughs> Grizzly bears over mountain lions? Dang. 
I don't know. Ta- they just look cuter. That's okay, all. Okay, the cute aesthetic, <laughs> the cute aspect. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Taco Tuesday or Waterfall Wednesday? Waterfall Wednesday. All trails or Gaia GPS? All trails. <laughs> Santa Monica Mountains or San Gabriel Mountains? San Gabriel Mountains all day. San Gabriel Mountains or Eastern Sierras? Oh, you did not. Uh, <laughs> hey, I Sierras. had to do it to you. <laughs> Eastern Sierras. Eastern there Sierras. Music artist you want to hike with? Ooh. Um, uh, oh, my God. Who? This is really hard. Okay, I know one. Um, John Cook. John Cook? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know the the BTS member? Oh, I'm not. From, I know so, BTS, I think, but I'm not familiar yeah, with the individual GK. names. But yeah. I'm literally playing his song over and over and over again. Um, and I just want him to sing while I'm on the trails. Cool. That's rad. <laughs> Shout out to the BTS crew. Yeah. Favorite wildlife to observe at this moment? Oh, I would say birds have been crazy, especially the birds at Death Valley. They look crazy. Like, they look like they're out in the wild. So I've been watching birds recently. Are the birds in Death Valley, are you referring more to, is it like vultures and hawks? Is it those kind of birds or other kind of birds? They're crows or ravens, but they look, ma- they're massive. Like when they take off, you could literally hear their, their wings go off. Oh, wow. Okay. So it sounds like you're referring to ravens because what I've learned through my yes. uh, ravens Ooh. observation journey is that ravens are typically much larger than crows. And they also, their tail is, um, oh. it's a wedge shape. And uh, I'll drop some knowledge Maybe on people. Crows are is. much smaller, and their tail looks like a fan. Yes, it definitely has to be ravens in Death Valley. And then, oddly enough, we've just been watching flocks of birds flying around. Like, we pointed one out the other day. So, definitely birds. Favorite type of landscape at the moment? Oh, my gosh. I have to say desert right now. Of course, your recent Death Valley trip stole your heart. Oh, it did. It really did. Greatest fear on the trail? Um, I'm just spraining my ankle halfway in. Oh, yeah, that is a fear for sure. You're not, you're not even close to the end. Yes. Favorite piece of outdoor gear you own? Um, my handy Danny beanie that keeps me warm. My mom got it when she went to Ireland and she gave it to me and I just use it everywhere in the oh, winter. <laughs> got some sentimental meanings and a lot of yeah. uh, practical <laughs> utility. Exactly. National park you want to visit the most that you have not already? Ooh, um, I think the next one on my list is Yellowstone. Oh, in Montana. Mm-hmm. Bucket list, for sure. I haven't been myself, but I hear the wildlife out there is so spectacular that it just comes to you. Oh, I love that. Favorite outdoor brand? Could be a local one, doesn't have to be one of the big outdoor brands. You know, I am really loving uh, Cotopaxi. Hey, you let's know go. Filipino flag, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Shout out to Cotopaxi. Much love to yes. them. They are uh, one of our sponsors and uh, just community partners. We've been curating together some really amazing community events, and there's going to be more to come in 2024. Yes. Just hasn't been announced yes, yet, so I- stay tuned, y'all. I'm staying too, and I just love um, what they do with their materials. I love their story, so I'm all for them. And one word, how does hiking make you feel? Blessed. What's your ideal outside temperature? Um, 60 degrees. <laughs> 60 degrees? For real? Yeah. 
Wow, you I guess are Dude, really an East Coaster at heart to a degree. I get so hot on the trail or just like when I work out in general, I just get so hot. <laughs> so it needs to be 60 degrees because wow. I easily jump up 10, 15 degrees, my internal body. 60 degrees for the record. Yeah. All right, that concludes round one. We'll take a quick 10 to 15 second break and then we'll jump into round two. Love it, love it. I love this it. Is why I drink my water and need a water sponsor. Same. Let's manifest the water sponsor for you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Round two. You okay. ready? Round two. I am red tea. Ready, ready rock ready. steady? Mm-hmm. Ready, rock steady. Favorite comfort food? Adobo and garlic rice. Love it. Favorite tar- uh, favorite cartoon show growing up? Hey, Arnold. Wow. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> Yo, that is such a classic. <laughs> Everybody, if you're not familiar, look up Hey Arnold. It is the most ridiculous head of any cartoon character ever. Yes, and it's so good. It's it's so good. I loved it. Yeah, I was so definitely much. a massive Hey Arnold fan. There's a m- bunch of other cartoon Ooh. shows, but Hey Arnold's iconic. Yes. Favorite emoji? Um, The face that melts. So what is that emoji exactly? Like, what is that expression really? I know it may mean several <laughs> things, but could you uh, break oh, it down it means a bit? several things. I, I personally use it for many things. Um, you know, when I had quite a night or, <laughs> or, or sometimes when I just feel like melty. Or just like, oh, well, here it is. There's a mistake. This happened. Melty emoji face. Okay, now I know the context of how to use it for myself too, because I never use the melty yeah. emoji. It's time. It is time to start uh, switching up the emoji game. Favorite holiday? <laughs> Halloween. Favorite style of dance right now for you? Ooh, you know what? I am always a big fan of house. House, dance for life. House is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It'll never get old. House music is just timeless. Mm-hmm. True that. Let's hit up a Soul Source event, shall we? Or a day tri- another day trip event? Another day trip. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Another day trip. All right, what's your hidden talent? Uh, ooh. oh, I do have a hidden talent. Um, I actually used to paint a lot. I won a ton of awards in high school for it. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Swear. Did you ever paint? What were you painting? Did you ever paint nature, landscapes? No, um, actually I did. I did paint some landscapes, but my focus was actually dance back in the day. I used to go to jam, snap pictures, and I used to like um, take renditions of it. No way. Holy cow, yeah. that's so rad. I'm glad I asked that question. I had no clue. Yeah, crazy. I, I gave away all my paintings to like close friends and stuff and like their parents. So I don't have them around, but you know, it's, it's art. For me, I just like, it's not for me to keep, it's for me to give. Love that. Hopefully you can uh, do a painting while we're out in the trails at some point. Ooh, maybe one day. It's been a while since I picked up my brushes, but one day. Jenny the painter. Wow. Had no clue. Yeah. Super random. Something I definitely don't do anymore. (laughs) Favorite music artist right now, or who are you listening to the most? Who am I listening to the most? You know, Diplo, aside from JK, the the B2S artist I've been talking about, Diplo is Man, he's always in my mix, man. He's so good. Diplo is just, he's iconic, man. Like, he, he plays house. He plays big room EDM. He, he'll play the Afrobeat stuff now. He's just a very well-versed anthem party starter, you know? He's 
Yes. Yeah, he's the guy. <laughs> and his country music, like, I, I personally don't like country that much, but his country mixes are fire. They're so Wait, good. Really? <laughs> yeah. So good. Another random thing about Diplo that I know you'll greatly appreciate, that I appreciate, he's a really big-time hiker and peak bagger. You know what? I was about to say, if it wasn't, I, if I didn't choose the first artist I picked, I would have Diplo on hikes. You have the time <laughs> of your life, girl. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you come around with your, with your boombox or your Bluetooth speaker. Let's go. Be amazing. He, uh, he's done, like, really iconic SoCal hikes, like Cactus to Clouds. What? Yeah, he's, uh, there was a magazine, there was an outside magazine article that I read, and not to go off tangent real quick, but um, I have to mention this because it's pretty rad. He uses doing these major peaks as a way for him to like greatly reset before he goes on tour to like center himself. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Like if you look at a lot of his content, you'll wow. see like once in a while, he'll have like a carousel post of like him like climbing some really serious hikes or just out in these epic like landscapes out in nature it's like oh man he's he's one of us he's part of the community that's crazy and that's so good to know wow you really have a lot of knowledge i'm gonna say this out here right now <laughs> i'm gonna manifest it i want to have diplo at some point as a future guest on the just trek podcast all right let's do it i'm gonna manifest it for you too it's gonna happen it has to happen at some point it has to happen all right app you are currently using the most besides instagram ah uh, tiktok <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that I, I knew I've been needing to use TikTok, but just haven't had the bandwidth. I know it's it's a whole different beast. Yeah, and you are the social media guru, so. Ooh, good. Well, when you're ready, let me know. I know I'm gonna need your help <laughs> to keep growing and scaling. I can't reach that 5K mark on Instagram. I keep, I keep them right below it. Like it's just so annoying. I'm like, let me just hit the 5K just... mark and they'll be happy. Just right there. It's right there. I got yeah. you. I got you. I'm like, I've been like 50 <laughs> followers away for so long. I'm just like, I'm over it. <laughs> Almost there. We're going to manifest that 5K there we too. Go. Diplo and 5K. There we go. <laughs> Favorite superhero? Oh my gosh. This is tough. Um, ooh, this is tough. Um, um, I, you know what? I do have to say I love Wonder Woman just because it's Wonder Woman. Why I'm trying not? to think there's anyone else. Yeah, why not? Wonder Woman. Wonder Let's Woman for the record. Mm -hmm. If you could be any animal, what would you be? I would be, this is going to sound really boring, but I would be a dog. What kind of dog? <laughs> just any dog. You know, I love dogs because they just, they're just so happy. They sunbathe, they chill, they eat, and they sleep, which is like the total opposite of my life. That's why. So funny. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have again? What breed is it? You know what? There's a like a 23andMe for dogs, and we just and my brother got it for my mom for Christmas. So I found out what my dog is after like 15 years. She's part toy poodle and Chihuahua mostly. Oh wow, you have the most adorable yeah. dog, and I always butcher the name. I know I I call it Cacao. I know. <laughs> What's the name again? Everyone butchers Cacao. <laughs> hey, it's kind of it's kind of there, <laughs> kind of not there. It's almost there. It's good. It's good. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? You know what? I thought about this multiple times. I would go back to the time um, when we were all dancers in a dance community. Like, that time was just so carefree, so joyous. 
and we're all just getting to know each other. And, and it was cool. It was such a special time. Those beginning journeys, when you immerse yourself in these passions and these communities, yeah. those are literally, it's so pure, you know, nothing. Yeah. It's hard to relive those like times. Like, yeah, that's, those are just so special. I agree with you. Yeah. It was, it was such a really, really special time. And I think a lot of it too was, and I hate to say old and I hate to age myself right now, but we didn't have social media back then. We had the forums and maybe YouTube, maybe, but it was mostly like forums and just word of mouth. God, that's so true. Of who to battle right. and who to like, and which jam, like, how did we spread the words of jams? Like, I can't even remember. It was MySpace, it like, was MySpace bulletin and it was different forums. Oh You're right. God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's how we did it back then. <laughs> yeah. We're, and then obviously word of mouth and it was just so cool. I mean, obviously social media has changed everything. Like you can get the word out about sure. things rather quickly, but yeah, those were very particular special times. You know, you had to post on forums and then people had to like respond back on like the subject line matter or like find the actual, like, like a thread you know? <laughs> or, oh my or MySpace, like, or, like find the MySpace bulletins. Like we're definitely showing our age with these uh, this conversation right now. Oh my god! <laughs> oh lord, the the days oh of promoting lord. events back then were much different. I must say, everybody. Yeah, what a time! What a time! What a time! Yeah, to relive those early dance days is a. Uh, yeah, that was I would man. Now that I think about it, I would probably answer that question the same way too. Thanks for that. Yeah, I no problem. I would do it over and over again. It was a time. It was a good time. All right. Describe yourself so in three words. Hmm. I would say vibrant, hardworking, and genuine. That's great. What a great catch. That's why Peter's with you. <laughs> All right. Here's the Thank final you. question oh of God. the rapid fire question section. You ready? I'm ready. Favorite sound. Oh, man. That's hard. Okay. Take um, a second. Take a moment. I love the sound of waterfalls or, or water rushing. I'm such a big water person, and there's something about that sound that just makes me feel alive. Great answer. Yeah, water flowing, waterfalls. There's just such a, you know, to hear water rushing... It's like it's like therapy for us, I feel. Yeah, it really is. All right, that concludes the rapid fire question section. You survived both rounds. Woo! Wasn't too bad, right? Wasn't terrible. I was actually very nervous about this, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, I need to do my own rapid fire on myself. I need someone to ask me all these questions at some point. It'll happen. Yeah, well, let me know. I could always interview you and do a little rapid fire round Ooh, on you. You hear that, y'all? <laughs> it might happen. Rapid fire on the host. <laughs> All right. So we're at the end of the episode. But before we conclude it, I always turn the spotlight back to the guest. Jenny, do you have any final words or thoughts that you want to share with the community, with the audience? The floor is yours. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for the past few years. Just just rock slash just track slash <laughs> Trek Zaddy. Trek Zaddy. Trek Zaddy, you have been um, so great in just leading a whole community and bringing more people onto the trail. So I'm forever, forever grateful for you. Um, and for anybody who is looking for a crew, there's so many out there in Southern California. 
I don't know about anywhere else outside of here, but I know that there's someone you could hike with. Um, it's so much fun. Yeah, join one if you can. It's great. Great experience. That's why we host the community group hikes so that you can meet more of us. We're all very friendly. We like to open it up. We host not only private hikes, but public community group hikes. And we hope you all can join the vibe sometime. Yeah, such a vibe, everyone. Highly recommend it. Join the crew. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny, for being on the podcast. I'm so happy this finally happened. And it's just been the greatest of times. And just you brought so much joy to all of us on the trails. So forever thank you. And I hope that we keep doing this for many, many, many years to come. Yes, sir. To Lola's and Lola's. <laughs> Lola's and Lola's. Lola's and Lola's. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thank you, everybody. Jenny Valles, Sampa LA, Just Trek Podcast, Elevation is our recreation, and we are out. Peace, y'all. Just Trek crew, Just Trek fam. It was such a blast to have a close crewmate hop on the show that's known me a decade before my whole hiking and outdoor transformation ever began. Jenny knew me in my prime dance days as a hardcore break dancer known as Just Rock. Just Rock the dope B-boy. Just Rock the event producer, organizing events for the hip-hop breaking community, and now I'm doing the same in the outdoor community. From both of us representing all over the dance floors to now representing ourselves on the tallest of peaks, it's truly special to share the trails with her and bring other like-minded adventurous souls along the ride. And make sure to check out and support her restaurant, Sampa, currently located in downtown LA, the Arts District. You can go on wearesampa.com, that is W-E-A-R-E-S-A-M-P-A.com to peep the menu and make a reservation. If you enjoyed this episode and found value in it, support and subscribe to us on patreon.com slash just trek. You can find the link in our bio. The support really does help a lot to keep the show running for you in the community. Also, while you're at it, take a screenshot on whatever streaming platform you're currently listening on and tag us on Instagram at just.trek. That is J-U-S-T period T-R-E-K. I would love to see who is tuning in, and it also helps with spreading awareness about the episode so that others in the community can tune in as well. In other words, keep on spreading the love. Also, if you happen to be listening on the Spotify app, I highly encourage you to answer the question and poll on there that is located at the bottom of the episode page. And with that all being said, let's get into our official outro. Thank you, gracias, and salamat for tuning in to the entire episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are streaming on all the major platforms. If you want to send me a message, email justtrekofficial at gmail.com or slide in my DMs on Instagram at just.trek or on my personal at justrock, J-U-S-T-R-O-C. If you would like to support my creative endeavors, check out the merch store on justtrek.net slash shop. For more outdoor inspiration, make sure to check out our website. We have blogs, vlogs, and trip reports. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a wonderful day. And please remember to just keep on trekking.